For those of you who come with curiosities, with questions, heed the warning, you should beware. For those of you who come in search of fright and scares, fear not, for there are plenty to share. Now as the feeling trickles down your spine, and your heart begins to race and your mind resigns, close your eyes, step forth, and embrace the chill, as the wind dies down and the air grows still. Now you find yourself at the gate, and you realize there's no escape. Once you've crossed the domain, you found yourself playing a creeper's game. Let yourself sink, the time is just right, for there's a lesson to learn in Gore's Gore tonight. good how, how how are you i'm i'm great you know why oh, why because it's october what it is yeah nobody told me well i'm telling you now oh good good to know um what what what, what does october mean it means google school rj uh, what's that uh it's like the other podcast we do and we it, have a podcast it, it only comes but twice a year uh well currently yeah i mean that was i don't know if that was ever intended but currently sure 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 uh what is ghoul school Jarrett? it's a podcast where we kick back you know put those criterions off to the side Ooh. talk about the things we're really passionate about <laughs> what what are those <laughs> the things that aren't renee claire films Ugh. stan brackage yeah what else that Jubilee thing we watched. Oh, God. Oh, man. We're all past that now. And what are we into now? We're into, well, Ghoul School X. Ooh, what happens in X? In, uh, we go to space. We're, so we're, this is the space-themed episode? No. Oh, shit. I don't have, I hardly have any alien <laughs> I, movies, Jarrett. I, I have one. I guess that's in space. And it, it was a dud. I, I didn't even put that together, or else I could have watched uh, one of my alien flicks. You could have watched Jason X. I could have watched Jason X, but it's not... Well, I guess it's not a Friday the 13th, right? So it doesn't have to be watched on one? Right. It's or does like, it? The whole month is like February, uh, Friday the 13th. I guess in a sense. Yeah. In a more literal sense, it's not. But I mean, in, in, this, in the way that you put it, sure. It's symbolic. Yeah. But I mean, when are we not being symbolic? Uh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So Creeptober X, hey? Yes. It, it feels well, like we could have planned something. Well, it's not Creeptober X. It's definitely Ghoul School X. We don't want to confuse uh, branding. Oh, I see. Do you think anyone cares? Like, I, not not in that sense, but do you me? think anyone's listening even? I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. It's been a while since we put out a Ghoul School mm-hmm. that wasn't Troma or Full Moon Entertainment. And those things that we did last year. Well, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's that too, but... There's one of those things. Yeah. Well, 
Um, yes. Let's just jump to it. We, yeah, we don't we don't need to uh, do any background on this anymore, right? We covered no. everything. Go go back to the beginning. You can hear yeah. all the us reminiscing about our horror experiences, how horror makes us feel. The secret origins of things? Yeah, the secret origins. You can do that. You can figure it out. But you okay. know what we should announce? What? We're on Spotify, RJ. Is that good? I don't know. I I, I haven't seen any giant leaps in numbers. Uh, Was that uh, asked for by fans? Uh, somebody asked on YouTube, and I went, okay. And, and I, I made it happen. Now it's did, now it's now it's real. It's happening. Did they at least ask in a polite way? They asked in all caps. I don't know if that's <laughs> uh, polite or not. But did it just say Spotify in caps? Something like that. And wow. I went, it is now. I didn't even get a like back. Do you think that they're um, Hidden Fortress fans? Though that person, maybe, maybe they Probably. can get get to us that way. Uh, yeah. Nothing gets to me anymore. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? No. So, uh, have you done anything Halloween festive yet? Halloween festive? Uh, I mean, I put up some decorations in my my current workspace. I, uh, I have all sorts of decorations. I have a toad. I have a giant rat. I got a severed arm. I, uh, I dressed up a wall with, um, some spooky spider webs and lots of spiders. It's pretty festive, right? Not too bad. It's not too bad. I mean... In terms of everyone else in the building that I'm at, no one else has Halloween decorations. So it's probably the spookiest of the uh, the rooms. Hmm. That's so not, that's pretty festive. That's okay. Yeah, that's not bad. It's not bad. No, I haven't I haven't had a whole lot of time to get around to uh, the spook stuff. There was there was something really cool that I was gonna we were gonna do this year, and I don't remember what it was. And hmm. uh, this is just breakneck entertainment. This podcast. Absolutely. Yeah, have you done anything spooky? No. No? Haven't no spooks? You, I haven't even put up a skeleton or anything. What? You don't have any decorations out? No. Hmm. Well, I think probably the problem with that with, with us is we got hit with that huge snowstorm to start off Creeptober, mm-hmm. and it really put a damper on things, right? And now it's like 20 degrees today. Yeah, I know. I, I hope it lasts for the, for the kids. For the but, kids. But... Uh, th- that's why I didn't put any of my outside decorations up yet. Mm. You know? You know? Yeah. Well, I know I've just been uh, wallowing in my own filth, my own juices, watching horror mm. movies as uh, what? the pagan gods intended. What's in the juices? Uh, me. Oh. Yeah. Like the essence of Jarrett? Yeah. I, I mentioned uh, to my, my regular gaming group uh, what I've been doing. And mm-hmm. upon mentioning, it's like, oh, well, how many movies have you watched? I'm like, yeah, you know, like five yesterday, five the day before. Mm-hmm. Th- that was like the real horror of the month was, the, was their expressions. <laughs> so how many are you at right now uh, on October 16th? I have logged 42 yes. films. Baby. Yeah. What's your uh, what's your all-time record for a Creeptober? Like 100 and some? 110. <laughs> That that was um shit man. There was a lot of shorts in there. I was watching like a lot of yeah. all the the ones that get name dropped all the time. And if you look up great horror shorts to watch this Halloween, I've watched all of them. Mm. And uh, were I've, they all great? No. <laughs> oh, people have um, a variety of tastes, and you know you got to watch them, figure out what you like. 
Well, what's your taste? What's your variety? Well, let's find out. Let's talk. About, let's talk about some movies. All right. All the, right. You want to get this ball rolling? Yeah. I mean, I might as well. So I uh, I tried to start something, and by start, I mean I'm doing it. I did it last year. I'm going to start the Creeptober's with a, a movie that starts with creeps. So I watched the Phantom Creeps. Oh, so some you, Bella Lugosi. Bella Lugosi. The, yeah, the, he's the in, fine Italian Romanian. Well, he's Hungarian, isn't he? Or is he? Well, Hungary and Romania, they like, they, kind they have of, that, yeah. the lines moved during World War One. Yeah. Mm, you know what I mean? I like to you make things I mean, up. That's, that's 100% true. I read a book once. Hmm. So, uh, Bela Lugosi, uh, this is a 1939 serial that uh, got, <laughs> I guess, con- condensed into a feature film of 75 to 80, no, 80 minutes. But its runtime on Letterboxd says 265 minutes, mm-hmm. which is misleading. Uh, so I watched this. It's on Amazon Prime, and I'm pretty sure it's like an hour and a half. Um, it's, but kind this, of, it's kind of public domain-y, too. Yeah, it's, it is on YouTube for, for like Even an entirety. I think, I think it is a universal thing. It act- could be. I don't remember how, like, yeah, if it but, started but, that But it's way. like, if it was actually universal, yeah, it's kind of, it's always been available, or at least maybe the convinced yeah. version is. It, it makes sense you saying it's public access, because I feel like there's a few weird things at play here, because it kind of copies a lot of other, like, universal monsters or, like, sci-fi movies. It, it's got, like, a bunch of things kind of jammed together. So, Bela Lugosi, Jarrett, is this mad scientist and uh, he, he just wants to take over the world. Uh, and he's got, like, all these inventions. Uh, he has exploding spiders. He's got this Gort-style uh, giant robot okay. that he controls with, like, using power gloves. Like, two Nintendo power gloves he puts on. And he controls this uh, giant robot that has, like, the worst grimace on its face. Like, he just looks like there's a bad smell in the room is how I would describe it. So he's got exploding spiders. He's got this giant uh, robot monster that he sends in to intimidate people. And then at will, he can also just, he has a potion that makes him invisible. So he takes that too sometimes to that's, sneak in. That's a lot of booking. That's that's what I mean. Like I I can see when you said this was serialized, I was like, that kind of makes sense because there's a lot going on in this thing. So he's like this scientist and there's all these people that like work with him, but are also, he's kind of like out to get everyone and like the police or I don't know, the government is trying to come shut him down and he, he invisibles <laughs> and then he gets his, uh, his big robot Sounds and he like sneaks a, away. He's a real sovereign citizen type. Yeah. A little, well, he's Hungarian, Jared, you know, yeah. he's uh one of those reds. Um, and then there's also a side story in this about like Amazonian people. And like he found, a. All of this stuff came from an element that he found that came from a crashed meteorite. Does this sound like a sounds, pretty basic movie? It sounds pretty packed, over, it's, overstuffed. It's it's pretty packed, man. Uh, it's not bad. It's like in terms of these movies, uh, I would I would say it's probably like a three star movie. It's not anything. If you don't like old fifty, <laughs> like even pre fifty sci fi, you're not going to be into this thing. If you but. don't like great grandpa cinema. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I was fine with it, but it was also because of the availability. Like <laughs> I watched half of it, and then I put the other half on my phone and finished it when I was like cooking dinner or something. Yeah, that's that's you, that's what uh, Creeptober is all about. Creeptober is all about. I have a couple of you, 
a couple of YouTube movies that I watched at 1.25 speed when I was either on the toilet or moving from downstairs to upstairs, which yeah. takes quite a while. <laughs> so uh, I, I'm getting them in wherever I can. I usually have like two movies on the go that are half watched just because of where I am. Right. So anyways, uh, it was good because of its its accessibility. And it's not bad, but it's not really in terms of these things. I, I don't know if it, you'd get much out of it, but it is different. Yeah. It's got a lot of shit going on in it, so that's kind of neat. You want to hear how I kicked off Creeptober? Why don't you tell me? I watched Circus of Fear. So that's in my list, and mm-hmm. when you brought it up, I was like, I, w- I was looking at my list, and I was like, I have that movie in there? I was like, what the fuck is Circus of Fear? Why don't you tell me about it and let me know if it's well, worth watching? So I always... Uh... There's so much apprehension going into the month, you know, because ah, I see. it's like, I, I want to kick it off with a bang, but you don't want to go too yep. strong because you don't want to set unrealistic expectations for the rest of the month. Right. So I know I uh, I put together my list, my private list. I put mm-hmm. it in the randomizer and I just went, send it to me. Give me what I want. And <laughs> mm-hmm. there appears Circus of Fear. And I'm like, nice. that's got Christopher Lee. And mm-hmm. it's directed by John Llewellyn Moxie, director oh, that's... of City yeah. of the Dead, which is a fantastic yeah. movie. Yes, um, it is. But you know what is not so great? Uh-oh. Circus what? of Fear. Okay, that's too bad. I'll, I might take it off because it appears – that's why I have this in my list is because it's John Llewellyn Moxley. Yeah. Because I watched Taste of Evil, and I actually liked that quite a bit. So, But I have Night Stalker in there too. Maybe I'll give that a watch. Tell me about Circus of Fear. So – Circus of Fear. Okay. What do you think Circus of Fear is? Looking at the poster, it's got um, this like see. this big headed man and mm-hmm. uh he he's at a circus and you're like, Oh man, this guy's luring poor saps into a circus and he's mm-hmm. murdering them, butchering them left and mm-hmm. right. But no, he's not. It's uh it opens up with a heist involving a okay. bunch of stodgy British gangsters. Okay. Uh, they rip off a truck. They have a big suitcase filled with money. There's mm-hmm. like a thing where they rappel down a rope from a bridge down to a boat. And mm-hmm. you're like, okay. And then they go back to the a warehouse and there's some double crossing. And guys are like, you're taking this money out of town. It's too hot. <laughs> and then he drives. He hits the road. And then he hides this money at a circus. Nice. Uh, and then someone comes along and hacks him to death. And then that mm-hmm. person gets the money. But we don't know who it is. And then it turns into like drama and like back and forths at this circus that is not very fearful at all. Is it a good circus or is it one of the bad circuses? It is a circus. Okay. Um, yeah, I, you know, I was expecting luridness. I was mm-hmm. expecting, I don't know, death traps. Uh, yeah, uh, people being tortured, like, but like, not even seriously. Just kind of mm-hmm. more of like something with like you know a Vincent Price kind of quality. Things you associate with that. Right. Um, Christopher Lee, he wears a bag over his face because <laughs> he says that he was horribly scarred and uh, he can't show his face. And he's got a brother, but then oh my god, here's some spoilers, folks. When they take <sighs> the bag off, he's not scarred. He's actually the the brother who's hiding under a mask pretending mm. to be like this non-existent brother. And it's, it's like, a pretty good plan. What's going on? What's happening? And so I, I should have taken a look at what my friends on Letterboxd uh, had to say about this because it's pretty well universally two stars, mm. <laughs> or two and a half. And even I think that's uh, 
that's generosity right there. Um, yeah, yeah it's too, that's too bad. Uh, the reason I have it, it was in a box set with uh, some some Jess Franco movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're all produced by this one director uh, whose name I've got a note on here. Harry Allen Towers. Uh, <laughs> that's not a real name. Oh, but it is. And Circus of Fear is real too. And, you know, they've, they titled it right. They got people's butts in those seats to check it out, I'm sure. And they, they still are. They're still drawing us in. And then you watch and mm-hmm. you go, that circus wasn't very fearful at all. It didn't <laughs> induce fear once. Well, maybe that's just like your opinion, man. It is. It is. Maybe, maybe some people are just scared at circuses in general, and this might be someone's nightmare. This thing mm-hmm. could be, could be. Um, could be. So after this uh, very soft movie, mm-hmm. I was like, "Nah, I'm not feeling it. I gotta watch something." <laughs> so I, I, I squeezed in this nice little 20 minute number that was on YouTube, Ooh. Uh, called "My Sweet Satan." That from, sounds cool. From 1994, directed by Jim mm-hmm. Van Bieber. The man who brought us Deadbeat at Dawn, which I believe mm. you still have never seen. Uh, no, I've never seen it, but oh. that guy's name is pretty funny. Yeah, he's he seems like a, a wild man. You could take a look at his uh, profile photo on Letterboxd, and it would reflect that. Mm. Um, okay. He also directed a, a Manson family movie. Um, he's made. He's kind of like where is he out of like Cleveland or something like that? He's just a, a man from Middle America making these like kind of wacky. Uh, exploitation movies with very long-haired, bearded men. Deadbeat mm-hmm. at Dawn is like pretty, pretty exceptional. It's like a very trashy exploitation action movie. Mm-hmm. Manson Family is like unwatchable trash. I think um, some people have a soft spot for it. Mm-hmm. My Sweet Satan. It's kind of his attempt at doing a true crime, uh, like short, but it's also exploitation to the gills about this one particular case kind of um it's in the era of like satanic panic but afterwards of these kids who are like, kind of like playing at being satanists you know killing mm-hmm. killing cats at graveyards eh. and being horrible human beings but then it mm. escalates into murder what kind of murder uh of a guy around a campfire and that's mm. that is definitely the highlight of this thing like at yeah. all, like the whole thing, it's just like a bunch of like listless bad actors reminiscing about this man, and like it starts with him in jail after learning that one of the uh, his cohorts hung himself in his cell, and uh, <laughs> because they they killed this guy, and they show this killing in ridiculous, uh, like almost hilarious detail of them like just stabbing him over and over again, and then crushing his skull. It looks really cool <laughs> it's good it's it, not bad it's it's a pretty cool kill yeah it's it's, okay. it's 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 a pleasant gruesomeness but it's like even at 20 minutes it is barely worth a recommendation i had to kind of watch oh. it because it kind of fit into like my uh pet interest of the satanic panic stuff mm-hmm. and it i just had never got around to it and then i realized like i think at some point i thought it was like a full-length movie and then i realized it's only 20 i was like okay i'm sure this was like kind of like a like an understudy kind of project or like he maybe had plans to make it longer, but he's barely been able to make like two feature films over the course of 30 years. And he's done, he's peppered it with some of these shorts. So mm-hmm. he's trying, he's trying. We're all trying, Jarrett. We're all trying. We're all trying. Well, I mean, it doesn't sound great, but no, you know. it's not. Um, it was worth a try. It's worth a try. Yeah. That's what this month's about, right? <laughs> we're, we're just trying. <laughs> what, what, right. What, 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 what do you got for me? 
Hey, you know what? I, I, I'll just go in my order. But uh, so I watched Phantom Creeps and I was like, yeah, that's a movie. Uh, and then I watched another YouTube movie. As I mentioned, uh, a lot of these YouTube movies came in handy because of how easily accessible they yes. were. So I watched Hell High. Uh, I thought it was fitting this year by this guy named Douglas Grossman. Mm-hmm. So it's his only movie. Uh, it came out in 1989. The tagline is the teachers are tough, but their exams are murder. Uh, so now I th- the description is like half right and then half of it like doesn't really has no no meaning to the movie at all. It starts off. It says a teacher with pa- a paranormal gift and a dark past. Uh, there is absolutely zero paranormal things in this movie at all. So I don't know like where that came from. But here here's the deal, Jared. So we have this lady. She's a bio teacher uh, and she's really. um She's really like reclusive. She doesn't hang around with the other teachers. She goes home every day. Uh, and then she's got a really hard time with the kids because the kids are just real pieces of shit. And they're always like not paying attention in class. So she's always kind of like freaking out at them. Uh, then there's this one kid that uh, reminds me a lot of you. His name is Dickens. <laughs> What's that? Dickens. Dickens. Yeah. That, yeah. Okay. I know where this is going, but continue. So this, so this guy's not in any other movies. They got some good names in this. There's Dickens and then there's John John and Queenie and Smiler. Like they got, they got some good names. Uh, so Dickens is like the leader of this greaser gang. And, uh, he, uh, the, the teacher, she like yells at him one day and he goes and he like almost beats her up in class. Uh, and then, uh, the bell rings and he's like, we ain't over teach. And then he like knocks all, all her shit over and leaves. Uh, and then what they do is this group, they're like, we need another member. We don't have enough people in here. So there's this ex-football player. He quit the team for personal reasons, but all the football people are mad at him now. They all walk by and they're like, you coward. They're like, you quit the team. That's a real coward's move. And it's like a really weird thing to pick at, like that specifically. But they're like, you coward. So the gang of greasers takes him in. They absorb him. Uh, and this guy's hanging out. I think his name is John John. He's hanging out with the Dickens now. And they're just hanging out after school. And they're like, hey, we're going to go down to the uh, the swamp. And uh, we're going to go see what's up there. But first, we're going to follow this lady home. So they follow her home to like, she lives in a cottage uh, in the woods. And uh, Dickens goes and looks in her window and he sees her undressing, Jarrett. Mm. Uh, and he's just, he he's getting plans. He's like, man, there's <laughs> there's no other houses in my, for miles. And this lady is actually a fox, but she's a real uptight bitch. Uh, that's what Dickens <laughs> says. Um, I forgot to mention. Uh, this is, this so, is where this, he's like me. Yeah, just like you and yeah. everywhere, especially later, but I'll get there. Oh, okay. Uh, I forgot to mention the incredible opening to this movie. Uh, so it sets the stage for why she's like so uh, like apprehensive and like towards other people and like why she's so shut in. So this movie starts, She there's a little kid down at, like it's her, she's down at the swamp and uh, she's playing in this old like shed and then a motorbike or a uh, motorbike pulls up it's a guy and a girl so she like hides she's like oh shit i shouldn't be here so the guy brings the girl in and like rips her tits out and then he's, he's like we're gonna bang right here baby uh and the lady's like i don't really want to do it in this shed in this swamp and the guy's like fine whatever toots and uh he pretends to leave and then he comes back to pick her up the little girl who's the teacher she gets really pissed off at this she's like this guy's a real piece of shit so she fills up this bucket full of mud 
And then as uh, the people on the motorbike try to pass, she's like, I'll stick it to this guy. So she throws all the mud in his face uh, and they crash on this like um, these old like uh, spikes. It looks like an old fence and they're horribly murdered. And they look at her and they're like, why? Why? And she's like, "Uh oh, so she takes off. So then the swamp has this reputation that the like a ghost did it or something, but it was just her. Okay, so fast forward, Dickens sees her. Uh, so now him and all of his lackeys, they have a plan. They're like, they're like, we've had it with this teacher. She sucks. We're going to go to her house and we're going to give her a scare, Jared, real good. <laughs> so they go to her house. They like climb up on her roof and they start stomping on it. And then they're outside the windows with masks and they're like, ooga booga. And they're, they're doing all this like spooky stuff. And she's like terrified because she has PTSD from when she killed those people. So she goes and hides. Uh, and then they they go to leave and this lady's friend comes who who's just like, I thought you were going to come out tonight. And she's like, uh, she's like catatonic. So she's like, here, take a quaalude. It'll help you sleep. You need this. Yeah. So they quaalude up the teacher, Jared. And then Dickens decides to go back and he sees her in a vulnerable state. And he says, I'm going to teach you a lesson, a lesson you'll never forget. So he he begins to undress her, Jared. Uh, then what happens is the other teenagers come back uh, and the teacher gets the strength. She doesn't get raped. It's in, it's almost there. She gets the strength and she throws herself out the window and then she's on the grass now. And now it's these four high school kids in her house and they're like, shit, what do we do now? Because she's dead. Um, there are some other twists and turns that happen later. I won't spoil those for you. Uh, suffice to say that Hell High is actually a pretty good show, Jared. Running in at a hot 79 minutes, oh. you get uh, you get high school shenanigans. You get um, very strange scenes. Like, the opening is really strange. Uh, you get another scene that's awesome where, like, they uh, drive their convertible onto the football field and intercept a pass and score a touchdown you know like high school kids do uh you you have an uh, an assortment of those things but i was actually uh pleasantly surprised by this and i was like you know what hell high is pretty good hmm. i like it so i'm i mean that's an rj pick through and through but uh, i don't know how other people would respond to it but if any of what i said interests you i mean i think you should check out and hell it's, high and it's a uh, ready availability on youtube i mean that, that just seals the deal Full and unedited. Uh, you even get the Grizzly Dickens rape, uh, almost rape scene on there. So uh, it's all there, man. Yeah, Hell High is worth watching, like especially for dudes like you who um, are Dickens, but uh, dudes like you who are running out of stuff that's actually not bad. Right. Yeah. It's not bad, man. I like Hell High. Have I interested you at all? Maybe. It's like, Perhaps. It, I don't know if it's cracked into my uh, my master list or anything like that. It's one to watch, though. Yeah. I mean, like, not to, like, watch literally, but one to keep an eye on, because who knows when it'll make a comeback. I could see Blumhouse uh, reviving this. Yeah. You know how they like to do. I know what they like to do. Do you want to hear about any others? Sure. Or do you got hit, some hit me with another boy. All right, I'll fly through some bad boys here. You ever heard of the Hitcher, Jarrett? Yeah, I think so. <laughs> This is so, the this is the first uh, movie from the massive pile of movies that you have that belong to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I'm I'm prioritizing now. I'm gonna try to watch mostly the physical content you have or the ones I can watch on the go. So the Hitcher you lent to me. This is a movie I've heard about forever. Upon your but, request. 
upon my request. Well, I've heard about it forever. Everyone's always like the Hitcher, mm-hmm. <clears throat> and then with Canadian icon Rutger Howard dying this year, <laughs> yeah, I was like, you know, maybe I'll uh, I'll bump the Hitcher up a little higher. Uh, so I think I think this movie's first like fifteen minutes are the best mm-hmm. when you when they just pick up Rucker Howard yep. and you see what he's doing as a hitchhiker and all the things that he does. And uh, within the first 15 minutes, I was like, man, where is this going to go? Yeah. And then it keeps going. And I was like, OK, because uh... <laughs> it, it gets into that territory where like I, I was w- would able you say to. Sus- if you were writing for a small newspaper, would your headline <laughs> read something like the hitcher spins its wheels? Uh, I would probably say the shitter because that's more my brand, but, uh, and, it then, does... your, and then your editor would be like, Hey, uh, <laughs> hey, give me I... some more of that gold for uh <laughs> birth movies, death. Let me, let me hit it. It would be like the hitcher more like yeah. the shitter. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it definitely does like it, it, I think it runs all of the tension off in the first 20 minutes yep. and then, uh, it's not like. It's not bad afterwards. There's still cool stuff. And I was able you, – you can have a suspension of disbelief to a certain point. But the thing that I thought was like too too much was how he's just fucking everywhere. He's, he's everywhere. He's at like every corner. He's always in the building like following this guy. And I know that's like the point. But some of the, some of the times that he like pops up like made me laugh. I was like that's a little bit uh, – that's a little much right there. Like, do, do you know what I mean? Do you remember yeah. some of those scenes? Like, yeah. where he's just there and you're like, how did he yeah. get there? No, I, I, you pretty well seem like you had the same experience that I have had where yeah. like the first, you know, 20 minutes are like, it's a four star movie. You're like, man, yeah. this is so great. And then mm-hmm. it just runs out of ideas. And then you're just like, now they don't even care. It's all about just yeah. like the gimmick of him, how he just, you can't stop him. And he just always mm-hmm. appears wherever he needs to be. You're like, oh, okay. It's that yeah. type of movie. And it's like, is this a dream? Is this like making, are they yeah. just making, is this like all in his head? It's like, no, it's actually happening. You're like, that's mm-hmm. ridiculous. And it's like in a frustrating way, not in a fun way. In a frustrating way. Yeah, yeah for sure. And it actually, it has some nice stunt work, like with the, the yeah. vehicles. And it looks good on. too. Yeah. Yeah. It looks good. It's got nice stunt work. Like I can see why it's, um, it has like a reputation a little yeah. bit, but uh, it, it's definitely, I don't know, by the end of it, I was kind of like, I'm ready for this to be over because <laughs> I think the best part of the movie was that first 20 minutes. And then after that, I was just like, ah, the shitter. You know what I mean, Jer? Yeah. Do you want to hear about two other Jared picks or do you want to kick in for a little bit? I'll here? Kick you got for, more than me. Uh, yeah, I'll kick in for a little bit. Okay. So I watched a, a movie from my physical collection. Ooh, girl. Uh, this is the, I guess Circus of Heroes too. Uh, yeah. It's a movie called JD's Revenge. So this is. <laughs> is that you? Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> right. So this is from 1976, uh, mm-hmm. director Arthur Marks. Uh, okay. So this is a movie that often pops up on horror black exploitation movies. Okay. But there's nothing about this that really like made me go, this is a horror movie. But mm-hmm. it's, it's strange. Like it really kind of defies genre. So the movie opens up with. A pimp who is, uh, he's kind of argues with his woman. And in then, what way, Jer? In, in a slaughterhouse. So there's okay. all, there is so many cows getting their throats slit at the beginning <laughs> of this movie because they're shooting it uh, uh, on location. So it's like, in there, they're just hanging out in the slaughterhouse like at night. Yeah. And then they argue and then he leaves. But then this other party comes along, slits her throat. 
And then okay. he shows up and goes, oh, my God. And then another guy comes along and goes, what have you done? And then shoots and kills him. And so nice. it's always assumed that this pimp killed his hoe. So okay. the, movie, the movie jumps ahead. And uh, we're now uh, here with, uh, uh, I guess, Glenn Turman, I guess, is the uh, protagonist in this. That's a weird name. Glenn Turman? Glenn, Glenn Turman. Yeah. I think mm, so. Gross. So anyway, so he's our uh, the hero. He's like a mm-hmm. he's an up and coming young man. He's he's uh, driving cab, but he's also trying to uh, get through law school. Mm-hmm. And uh, him and his girlfriend they have a great relationship. And then they go to a hypnotist at a strip club because <laughs> it's, it's one of those yeah, things sure. where um, it reminded me, I was thinking about the movie The Graduate when um, uh, Dustin Hoffman's character is trying to like make a bad impression with. Uh, the the romantic interest at the beginning, and he mm-hmm. takes her to a strip club, uh, and then she's of course horrified. But then by the mid seventies, everybody's always bringing their girlfriends to strip clubs. You know, I I had a similar experience with a different movie I watched later, but I'll I'll tell you about that later. Okay, I I got a strip club too. So he uh he gets hypnotized. Okay, which uh, I had a discussion about this with someone, and okay. do you, do you you don't believe in hypnotism, right? It's no, not, that's it's, total horseshit. It's, it's horseshit. It's just the power of like <clears throat> collective experience. Suggest. Yeah, and, like, it, it's just like people going along yeah. with things. See, I like mm-hmm. that's the thing. It's like the type of person that would be willing to go up on stage to be hypnotized is the exact type of person that a hypnotist wants. They wouldn't mm-hmm. want me, but I'm also the type of person that would never go up because I'm like, no, it's stupid. Like I would ruin your show. Like, because I would just be sitting yep. there, and then that's the one that doesn't get filmed because otherwise, mm-hmm. well, it takes away the magic. Can I give you some insider uh, info here? I was part of a hypnotist show at our county fair, like our carnival days. Yeah. Uh, whoop up days. Uh, up. When I was like, whoop up. When I was like eight or nine and uh, I got hypnotized, but uh, I wasn't actually hypnotized. And when they kept me up there, I, I was surprised the whole time. I was like, should I be up here? I was like, I don't think I'm hypnotized. And uh, I just kind of went along with it because I was eight. And right. then it was done, and they're like, "How was that?" And I was like, "I don't know." I was like, "I don't think I did anything." So that's uh, that's my hypnotism story. Right. I just to back well, you up. Sometimes when you get hypnotized, sometimes mm-hmm. you get possessed by the angry spirit of a pimp, who who just wants yeah, to sure. right wrongs and correct his good pimp name, and he's okay. a piece of shit. Like he's a horrible man because it's, he's. So we get like I don't know. We get this whole sequence. Like that's just, that's the horror side. It's like the supernatural mm-hmm. revenge movie. But that's about all. But we get these scenes where he gets all into pimp rages, and he proceeds. Like there's the one scene where he just like attacks his girlfriend and starts slapping her around. But like you can't help but laugh because he's putting on the like the pimp act. But and mm. then there's a scene though where he brutally rapes her, and it's like, oh, well, that's care. not fun. It just doesn't make any sense tonally. It's okay. very frustrating. Um, and it's also almost too serious mm-hmm. for what they're doing. And I was like, what's the story of this? Like, what are they going for? <laughs> it's set in New Orleans. So Ooh, it's, got, it's got kind of that uh, nice color to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not like not a lot of movies, it seems, are ever really set there. They exist, but not yeah. a ton of them. But, well, there's yeah, that. Uh, yeah, this movie. Uh, no, it's a. Uh, I don't know. I, I didn't care for it. Um, again, this is one where you see some people have like they think it's all very solid, very good, but it didn't mm-hmm. do much for me. So that well, was, that was a bummer because you know I bought this <laughs> blind buy on Blu-ray and it's not like oh, now I have it. You want you want to borrow it, RJ? Did I sell it for you? No, thank you. Okay. What do, what do you think your um 
your stats would be for uh, blind buys that turn out to be movies Ooh, that man. I don't want to know. We don't. We don't yeah. ask. Hey, we who buy physical media still, we don't ask those questions. Okay, that's fine. That's fine. Yeah. Sometimes you do it for fun, and it's fine. But I got some. I got some blind buys. RJ, I'll, I'll talk about later. We were like, wow, that yeah. was genuinely terrible. But oh. uh, on the uh, on the illegitimate side. Yeah. I watched uh, me a new Brian Pollen film. Do you remember Brian Pollen? I, I mean, you probably uh, won't because it's a very generic name. So Brian, It sounds super familiar. Yeah, so Brian Pollen has directed a couple of uh, picks from okay. Creeptober's past. Like, if you recall, you'll remember this title, Cryptic Plasm. Do you remember? Uh, <laughs> uh, it's, that sounds cool. I don't remember you talking about it, uh, but it sounds cool. Or uh, I think I'm pretty sure I watched this last year. Let me double check what month it was. Bone sickness. Yes, I did talk about bone sickness. <laughs> nice. okay. okay. So that's what we're talking about. Uh, okay. I watched his one of his other films, and I've got one mm-hmm. more to go for this month. This one, though, I watched called Fetus <laughs> from 2008. I mean, it doesn't have the gravitas that like bone sickness does, but yeah, yeah. it's it still right. makes sends a message. So the the synopsis from Letterboxd. Okay, Kevin's wife passed away while giving birth to their firstborn child. He cannot okay. cope with the loss of of family and becomes obsessed with making contact with her by any means possible. It's like a it's a classic story. I mean, mm-hmm. it sounds exactly like a, a Stephen King, you know. Yeah, it's pretty close. Pretty close. Yeah. So this movie stars Brian Pollen, who is a, um, I don't know, an average-looking red-haired man with a beard. He looks like the type of director. He looks like a horror movie fan, but he makes but he makes his own movies, and that's pretty cool. He sounds like Ron Howard. Uh, bit bigger. Okay. A lot bigger. Okay. Um, but he makes these movies. They have a. You take a look on if you look his the poster art. They're very. They're gnarly. They're um like metal album artworks. There's a mm-hmm. couple of like he's like that kind of softcore girl movies that I don't give a shit about. But mm-hmm. sort of like weird icky horror movies. That's that's mm-hmm. that's primo. And yeah, Brian Pollen, his uh, practical effects work that he's just cooking up in his basement in his garage are awesome. I, I love okay. watching his movies. They look that his gore and effects are so neat. Mm-hmm. Uh, this movie, it's it's kind of exactly the same as every other Brian Paul movie I've seen up to this point. Uh, mm-hmm. Just very enjoyable. It's uh, men <laughs> suffering and then like okay. crying out, and then you know, not not good acting. But we're not here right. for that. No. But but it's like he's trying. He's shooting this stuff on his mini DV camera, uh, nice. working with some friends. Um, getting those like local Midwest girls that are like into like convention culture, have lots of tattoos that don't mind doing nudity and he gets them in his movies and they, cool. they, they go for it. You know, sometimes yeah. they're giving birth to monster demons and then sometimes <laughs> outside of them comes like giant monster demon things that are running around that are awesome. It's like, I, I wish uh, I'd get this sort of imagery out of a, an Ari Aster movie, but mm. you know, it'd be, this guy's kind of dropped off the map. Mm-hmm. which is kind of a bummer because uh, he hasn't been, done anything for about five years. And actually what put this guy on my radar in the first place was, um, oh, what's his name? Bone Tomahawk. Uh, S. Craig Zoller. S. Craig Zoller? Yeah, he talked about yeah. this guy at some point, And I was like, hmm, I'll give it a whirl. And yeah, I've uh, I've enjoyed every single one of these things, for better or worse. 
What, uh, which one would you put at the top? Like if I had to watch one, okay. which would you say? I would say probably, I think fetus, <laughs> because it's called fetus. Okay. I think, I think you might not have a good time. Uh, though it's got okay. a, it's got a guy, uh, I'll just say he reminds me of you, RJ. Uh, so, oh, really? Yeah. He's a, he's Kinda a, like Dickens. he's, he's a necromancer. Uh, yeah. he, yep. he owns like a really cool store where he'll like uh, rent like gray market DVDs and uh-huh. occult books and, uh, Apparently, it sells like books that necromancers are buying on eBay that are all typed out in Times New Roman font. It's uh, very classy. But yeah, I'd say probably Cryptic Plasm because it's about uh, cryptozoology to a degree. He's looking for, uh, but it is a snooze for like the first hour. But then Mm. the last 10, 15 minutes are awesome. That okay. you can't you couldn't help but love them but that would be a one because i think bone sickness uh is another like i think it's too gnarly for uh the a man with such a soft palate as yours soft in like the literal sense because it is kind of squishy yes okay yeah I'll, maybe i'll give um <clears throat> cryptic plasm a watch that sounds cool that sounds good good yeah i'm, I'm glad i've sold you on Brian Pollen. Yeah. I, his uh, DVDs are available on his website. Uh, it seems like a sadly fetus, I believe, is out of print. But Do you work to... for this guy now? No, I, I wish. I'd love uh, This guy seems really cool. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like a uh, deranged uh, practical effect monster movies. Yeah. Well, it's kind of it's the same as how I would love to work with like Don Dollar. Mm-hmm. Yes, is he alive? No, Don Dollar died. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I get it. That's cool. All right. Uh, I'll talk about one more and then pass, yeah. it ba- pass the baton back to you. Okay. Uh, I watched the first of this particular DVD line that I've got all the copies of now called Casa Negra. Um, th- this company was putting these out and they were like Mexican horror movies. Okay. Which like, there's like a, th- Mexico was putting out lots of horror movies back in the 50s, 60s, all very inspired by universal horror stuff. But not a lot of it gets translated, but there's about six or seven of these put out like 10, 15 years ago that I've now mm-hmm. since picked up after the fact. Uh, this one I watched called The Living Coffin. It is a one of the rare horror Western movies, which usually is like a big, big get for me because I love that mm-hmm. stuff. I love Westerns and I love horror. Sadly, mm-hmm. this is a more in the vein of spoilers, I guess. It's a Scooby-Doo movie. Where Aww. people are like, they're, they're, it's like like the cowboy rides in and it's like, oh, there's a ghost and it's killing people. And then the mm-hmm. whole time it's kind of the, uh, whatever, the Lorna story, the crying woman. Yep. Uh, and you're like, they're trying to catch her. And then it's, it feels actually at times kind of like an Italian Gothic movie, like Mario Bava stuff, um, mm-hmm. like Black Sunday or Black Sabbath. And so you're like, well, but it never gets going. It never gets interesting and again i think i was watching this one right before bed so and, right. uh, it's at that time of night where you're just starting <clears> to check in your your phone looking for uh on facebook so but you know what yeah. good movies they they take your attention off that stuff it'll it Ooh. without fail if your eyes are going to that it tells you what you need it tells you everything i agree so yeah this movie uh well once i say scooby-doo you kind of know where it's going sure enough it goes to Scooby Doo territory, and it's like, oh, they un- they unmask the crying woman, and it's a guy, and it's like a, a kind of like a real estate inheritance type of deal, and you're like, oh, they solved it, and then they ride off on horses, and they solve the case. <laughs> real missable stuff. Well, I mean, all of this is missable. Yeah. And like, you know what I mean? Like life. Yeah. In general. 
is missable, but Hell High isn't. That's for sure. Right. I'll skip that one. Cool. Yeah. No, that, that one, one. That one totally is uh, not not a recommendation. Don't lend it to me, okay? Even if in like two years, I'm like, hey, I want this movie because I would. Well, it's would called, have it's called the Living Coffin. It sounds. Yeah, that it sounds awesome. It sounds cool. Yeah, and, I've know, also it's, like it's a cowboy, cowboys, mm. horror. Sign me up. You have you Shameful. watched the Have you watched the Burrowers yet? I can't remember if I've. Uh, that to you. no, I haven't watched that one. That's a good one. That's one of yeah. the good. That's one of the better There's, ones. There is another one. There is a like a horror western on one of those streaming things. Dead Fuck. birds. I, not no, dead birds I think or... it's not like I. This is gonna sound dumb. It's not Tombstone, but it's something like Tombstone. Oh. Uh, I'll look it up. Okay, it doesn't matter. Well, well, before you start looking things up, yeah. Uh, what else? What else do you want to creep on? You want to hear about some more Jarrett picks? Yeah. You ever heard of Kathy's Curse, Jarrett? I sure have. So Jarrett picks in the sense that I picked them from you. Yes. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what your opinion is on uh, these movies. Uh, it seems okay. So Kathy's Curse is a 70s Canadian horror movie. Yes, it is definitely in a way Canadian. Canada, France, France yep. by way of Canada. Yeah. Whatever it is. So this is a movie that I've heard about in pockets of the horror world for a while. It's like Kathy's Curse. That's a classic. And then people are always like, is it though? But then the people who champion this movie are always like big champions for it. I believe some might call it batshit crazy. Oh, see, once you pointed that out to me, you're like, you know how stupid that sounds? Every time I hear that now, it's like, that does sound stupid. Why do people (laughs) say that? That's weird. Just say it's wonky. That's a way better word, right? Wild. It's wild, wild stuff, man. Uh, this movie is wild stuff. Uh, the poster kind of gives away the first 35, 40, <laughs> 50 minutes of the movie. So I won't read off those. Um, this thing, when I was watching it, all it reminded me of was that Simpsons Treehouse of Horror where Bart, it's like the Twilight Zone where Bart can do anything. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you got to make the boy happy whenever anything weird happens. Uh, that's Kathy's curse to me. Um, I thought this movie was okay. Uh, it's got like, I think it has some like dips into really good. Yeah. Uh, whenever Kathy, I think is um, when I, whenever it's the two girls, like the living girl, and then see, I'm kind of forgetting now, but like you know the possession girl that's like kind of or the other entity that like lives in her. The aunt. That's coming. Yeah. The what? Her aunt. Her aunt. Yeah. Okay. So like the two the two play with them or the play between them. I think there's some really good scenes there. Like when it shows both of them kind of working off each other, uh, it does get into, uh, some ridiculous stuff though. Like, um, I thought this scene with, uh, the old man at the table is so, is so goofy when it's like, uh, he's like sitting there and he's like, "Ah," and he's just white knuckling it on the table. And she's making like spiders and snakes and like rats crawl around. It's not bad, but it's like, I I found it was like for how long it goes on. It turns into a joke for me because it's like, this is going on for so, so long. I mean, this movie's incompetently made. Yeah. It's, it's got some issues. Yeah, so I, I see why it, like, appeals to people like that. And then, yeah. like, the dialogue, too. There's a, I think, what is the first line in this movie where it's like, where's mom? It's like, your mom's a dumb bitch. Yeah. <laughs> or it's like, your mom is a bitch. That's not me. Yeah, uh, yeah like, no, that's, uh, that, that is dialogue. Even, that, like, I, as you say it, I'm like, oh, yeah. Yeah, like, so that's the first line. And when I saw that, I was like, whoa, what do we got here? And then, like, like she, 
she repeats it like because there's another thing where like one of the kids said something and then she's just like all women are bitches and i was like uh <laughs> i love the 70s okay. <laughs> so, like, you, like yeah especially bad dialogue where it's like but it's just like it's so blunt i mean yeah <laughs> leaves nothing like, to the imagination it's just, i appreciated it for what it was you know I mean, so like as far as ter- like uh possession movies go and like this is all yeah. like that post exorcist everybody's like hey you know what's creepy possess little girls because no mm-hmm. one expects little girls to be evil evil no one expects oh, us to be evil. shit that reminds me uh what? you never you, you didn't borrow mausoleum from me did you no that looks good though that, that is oh yeah it's very it's very it's like it's, a, it's an upgrade from kathy's curse but it's kind of in the same uh nebula right well, I mean, I will maybe next year. I, I'm really, I'm really gonna make a strong effort to actually watch the movies you've lent me this year Ooh, and previous. Nice. So uh, I, I'm gonna like Phantasm Two, which I believe you've had for three years. <laughs> yeah, that one, that one came with me on the move between houses. Yeah, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to watch. It has never stepped foot in my house. Oh really? You bought it and then gave it right to me? No, I mean, like in my at the old apartment, it, it was there. Oh, I but see. You, but it's never been in this house. So it survived two moves without being watched. Yeah. My move and yeah. yours. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm gonna try. I'll try to watch that, and then I noticed Shutter. They have a Joe Bob where he does Phantasm one, three, four, and five, yep. but two isn't on well, there. That, that, I that, that two of mine actually is a. I believe it's pr- quite pricey at the moment, but I think you should have said that because now I won't give it back. Well, you can throw it in the toilet for all I care. The movie's yeah. crap, but you should definitely watch it. Well, I'm gonna, I'll, I'll watch all the phantasms eventually. No. I, I remember the I, first one was fine, but yeah. Uh, what was I? You watched that Kathy's Curse, and we yeah, we, and, and, and it's it's fine. Like I didn't, I don't think I liked it as much as the people who are really into it. Like um, the well, dialogue is pretty wacky, and yeah. it is goofy. It's got some cool stuff in it, but. Uh, for for the most part, I was like, yeah, yeah. It's I, I'm I'm not mad. I watched it. If that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah, it's definitely on that. If, you, if we're talking about tiering of like horror films, and that's mm-hmm. like one thing. Like at this point, I don't think any of us have watched any. Like there's like that tier A, which is a rare creature. That's the right. movies you're like. I would totally recommend people watch this. Mm-hmm. Then there's that B tier. That's maybe like for you where Hell High resides. Yeah. And then there's sure. like. C tier, which I think is mm-hmm. fittingly Kathy's Curse, I think would be there where it's like on that entertaining side of a C movie. Mm-hmm. And then there's like everything else where you're just like, no, you don't yeah. need you don't need to spend time with this. Yeah, I that's that's I think that's pretty fair. Do you want to hear about a B to C movie that was also borrowed from Jared Duncan? Absolutely. From your buddy Luke Lucio Fulci. Oh. You ever heard of the Devil's Honey, Jared? <laughs> uh yes. Yes, I yes. Have. So this is I, I watched I followed Kathy's curse up with this because this is another one of those aforementioned uh, talked about movies. Mm-hmm. Yes. On for some, whatever reason. Some, on some somewhere we heard about both these things. Some 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 reason. I, I, I get it uh, for the first little bit of The Devil's Honey. So up front, The Devil's Honey is a very strange movie. Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't call it batshit crazy. Uh, it's got it's just that it, I think like it's just an Italian horror movie to me. Like this is what I feel like all Italian horror movies are, to be honest. This one does some weirder stuff, yeah. uh, but not that weird. Oh, see, there's another one, uh, The Night Child. You still haven't watched that. I'm always, I'm always bummed out by like how many, when I sometimes start digging through the mm-hmm. month and I, I see this, you have the stuff that you've borrowed. You've taken yeah. it's, it's out of my house and then I start going through. And I'm like, 
He's still never seen this. Son of a bitch. Okay, well, you know what? I'll make you a deal. He's watching ne- bre- He's watching Breeders and like <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll make you a deal. Ass Ghost and whatever. What what have you? Next Creeptober, I will do if if we can get a Patreon goal of like 10 bucks, uh I will let you pick the entire month of October for me. 31 movies of your selection and I'll watch them all. And they they can be anything. It can be like uh, fetus or more fetus eye or or whatever. I'll, I'll watch if you pick an entire thirty one movies for me. I'll watch them next year. That's a lot of work. That is a lot of work. Okay, but I mean, there's all these movies. So, anyways, the devil. Movie, this movie's got a saxophone in it. Uh, yeah, and it's also described as sexual torture, which uh, is kind of true. Yeah. Um, so this movie's got a saxophone. Uh, the intro to this movie has a, a man and woman getting very intimate together in mm-hmm. by way of saxophone. Yep. And not, I guess, not in the way that you would expect. Uh, I did send out some uh, snaps to uh, premium Patreon users. That's not true at all. I did send snaps to Ryan Nagel, <laughs> friend of the show, though. Who is not of, a Patreon uh, at, he, at, at, in any way. No, but he contributes in other ways. So I sent he he posts uh, really nice uh, screen caps on the Twitter. Yes, yes, that's true. Yeah, he's uh, he's in, involved in the Creeptober. He he's is. doing his part yep. as uh, they say in Starship Troopers. So um, I sent him some snaps of that saxophone scene, and he's like, "What are you watching, dude?" And I was like, "I don't know, man. I don't know what I'm doing anymore." Uh, so you have this like man <laughs> and woman. And they have a real Sid and Nancy relationship they, here. Oh yeah, they do. Your favorite. Do, type. Should I should I say what they're doing to yes. saxophone? Or okay, so the dude is playing it right into her vagina, and uh, that's just what they do. Like it's yep. just he's just playing it right in there. He's like in between that dress. Yeah, and it works for her. And they're like, oh, so much fun. They're in like a recording studio, and then right like. Right as they finish, they realize that it, it's the room is like full of other people. And they're like, oh, no, there was people or she's like, there was people in here. And he's like, what do you want me to? He's like, what, what am I going to tell you, babe? He's like, when the mood strikes, you got to do it. And so it's like it's very strange. But he's also like <laughs> super forceful. And so you get this vibe where like he's always forcing himself on her. And she's always like, I don't really want to have sex right now. And he's like, I don't care, baby. And they do it anyways. That's very Italian. I don't care. Just lusting after women. That is, uh, as we've discovered on this podcast, that is the Italian way. Um, so, like, it it seems like he's really shitty to her, but she stays around for some reason. And then he has, like, some kind of, like, heart thing or whatever. And he – or he gets hit – something happens and he has to go to the doctor. And – uh he dies. Is there like a motorcycle crash or something? Yeah, maybe it might have been a motorcycle. Yeah, this movie's so far from my memory now. Um, well, what happens to the guy at least? That's so he's like two weeks ago. I know, I know, and I haven't even watched that much. Um, but he like so he has to have surgery, and then he's getting surgery, and then he dies. So this lady like holds the doctor accountable uh, because she's like, I loved him, and it's like, but he wasn't like super nice to you. Uh, so she abducts the doctor and then, yeah, there is some sexual torture in there. Real Jarrett style. Um, like she's, she kind of uses him sexually, but mostly it's just like he's naked and she's like just spitting on him and like throwing dog food at him. And you're just like, whoa, whoo. Um, this movie's got like for the Italian horror stuff, it's got some of the stuff that I like in there, but on the whole, this movie, I was just kind of like, I was a little bit bored with it. Because 
it just kind of like goes around and you're like, yeah. all right, all right. It's like sexy stuff. And like there's lots of sex in it. Um, but then I don't know, like I, it's horror in the sense that she just, does kidnap this guy. But at the same time, I was kind of like, I don't really care. Would you say that it brought sexuality back to the horror genre? Uh, I don't think that's something that we need to be brought back in any genre. And frankly, I think that we should get rid of it completely. <laughs> Not just in movies. Yeah. In, oh, like everything. in everything. Mass sterilization of everyone. But not just sterilizing, like completely dismembered. No. <clears throat> you know got, what I mean? Things just got real here on Google School. Or it could be like, you know, in Equilibrium when they all take that pill and they don't have emotions anymore? Yeah. Just that. But for, right? the, for their junk. For the junk. Yeah. yeah. So Devil's Honey is, I mean, I would wa- I would recommend that opening scene, that first like five minutes. Yeah. And you could see it and you'd go, ha, huh, that's pretty kooky. It's uh, pretty wild stuff. Uh, and then you'd you'd be good. Hey, I think. RJ, I noticed that the poster art for this on, and yes. on the, the Blu-ray, it has a dog on it. It does have how, a dog how, how on does it. The, how does the dog fare in this Italian horror film? Well, how did I log this uh, <laughs> dog violence? Real Oh, real animal death I logged this one oh, as. Okay. Uh, so I, uh, I think I forced that down into my memory because I didn't even remember that as I was talking about that. But yeah, there's a 100% real dead dog in this movie. It gets buried. Oh. And I was bummed out with it. Okay. So, uh, yeah, Devil's Honey is um, not my kind of thing. But I think even besides my own hangups, I don't think this movie is that that good anyways. But no, it, it's kind of more of a like a it, is, it is very culty. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's for the deep, deep dive. If you're especially if you're a Fulci completionist, I yeah. guess it's great that it's on Blu-ray. Um, I, I'm, yeah. I'm sure it's like the same quality as uh, Murder Rock which is a movie I have not yet yeah. seen. But I mean, like there's like your top tier Fulci and then you kind of work your way down. Yeah. If, yeah. If, if you're so inclined. I mean, I think I've hit all the big Fulci's, so yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty good. I, I didn't. Now you can go back and rewatch the good Fulci's and then get more appreciation for them. As I, 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 as I, I have had. Mm-hmm. But you know, well, those... we will always stay meh zombie. Yep. Zombie is meh. Yep. Yeah, it is. And again, I think... Like zombie, devil's honey, Kathy's curse. It's it's almost like the idea of the movie is bigger than the movie itself, yeah, the Jared. Act, well, the act of watching. Yeah, act of watching, <laughs> and the act of watching. You see what I mean? I see, see what I did? Yeah. Yeah. So, what about you? Did you watch any movies? <laughs> nope. No. I I watched Dread. This is Judge uh, Dread. Just uh, Dread. D R E A D. Spelt properly, unlike uh-huh. Dread. Um, are you familiar with this? First time hearing about it, man. But so the poster looks like based, shit. Well, it's very generic. It is based on a Clive Barker short story, allegedly, Ooh. or Clive Barker thing. So this kind of wraps up, I think, all the Clive Barker adaptations uh, that are out there that I'd want to see. I, uh, this is from Anthony yeah. uh, DiBiase. De Blasi. Oh. That's Whatever. an L. So yeah. I've seen one other of his films. I've seen this movie called Last Shift, which I okay. think I watched last year, and I talked about how it starts off, like, really good. And, like, the filmmaking is fantastic. But yeah. then it goes down, like, starts doing, like, the this. it has, like, a made-up Manson cult thing, and then it just gets stupider and stupider, and you're just like, 
I don't like the direction this has gone. But like, mm-hmm. it's, it's always very frustrating. So I was like, I still wanted to give this guy a try and see if maybe that was just a miss. Mm-hmm. Turns out it wasn't. But I don't know if you've uh, taken a look at his uh, other filmography. He's got movies like Most Likely to Die, uh, mm-hmm. Extremity, which has got like a, a promising poster, but mm-hmm. I already know how that's going to go. And he has this movie here called Casada, Casadaga. It's got a cool poster. It's it's uh, something. And then you, ooh, it's something. Look, she, she looks like a it's like kind of a weird zombie looking glass. And a movie I, called Missionary. Is this about a you. murderous missionary? Oh, Mormon love is forever. It is. Oh, wow. That sounds fun. That could be all right. All right. Anyway, so uh, Dread. So Dread, uh, synopsis from Letterboxd. Three college students set out to document what other people dread most. So like, is this one of the books of blood short stories? Because because I could see it being loosely. Uh, did, do you ever remember that story, like loosely adapted, where that guy would like kidnap people and make them do things yes, that they didn't want to do? That's or... exactly what this is. This is what this leads where it's, to. It's like the vegan that has to yeah, eat meat. Like, well, okay. Yeah, hundred. Well, that's exactly that's exactly who you see in the poster. So okay. this movie starts out, and it's three students. The one guy, his name is Quaid which is a movie that only exists in movies, as far as I'm aware, unless you are like a manager of a sports check, according to Facebook. Oh, a name you mean? Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. Unless if guys... you're Randy Quaid. Yeah. Well, I mean, as a first name though, which I'm assuming it is. Oh, okay. Everyone calls him Quaid. Yeah. So yeah. He, he's like, something's obviously wrong with him, but like all mm-hmm. blue eyed, blonde haired devils, people give those guys a lot of leeway and they, they, they just kind of go along with them. Even though he gives all the signals off, it's like, this person seems really dangerous and unhinged, but they keep going mm-hmm. along with him thinking, oh, he's, he means well. It's like, no, <laughs> cut, no, cut these people out of your life. Cause he convinces, uh, uh, these two other people to go along on this, like Kinsey esque experiment where they're going to just interview people on camcorders about what makes them afraid, mm. but the, but the things that make them afraid, they're just not hard enough for him. They're not doing it for him, uh, mm. for this Quaid fellow. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause apparently he had some interaction where he, as a child watched his entire family killed by an ex murderer. And he felt very, okay. and he felt very powerless about it all. Um, okay. <laughs> the, the main character of this, his thing was like, his brother drove home drunk and died. <laughs> and now he's afraid of cars. And then um, the girl, she is now a, she's a vegetarian. And then she tells a story. Yeah. And of course it's like, oh yeah, I don't eat meat. Cause my dad who raped me as a child, he's, he worked at a slaughterhouse. And when he came home, uh, he smelled like meat. Unnecessary. So you're like, oh, okay. So let's just double down on that. Cause it's, adds depth. Uh, the other thing in this yeah. is there's this girl that works in the library and mm-hmm. she's got this like crazy birthmark that like half of her is like almost completely black where she looks like almost like that Star Trek alien where there's like one side that's white and one side's black. Oh, this is basically yeah. her, but it's more uh, organic rather than a perfect uh, symmetrical cut down the middle of a person. Mm-hmm. But like she's still like gorgeous <laughs> like she looks amazing yeah. but like she's got this birth birthmark and it's always like when people look at me it's the first thing they always ask and it's like <laughs> never been like that you're like that's it's like that's not a bad idea but at the same time if they go too they get into silly territory with it because what happens is old quaid he submits this thesis project um and like the the, the, the building they're doing it in has like an upturned mattress up against the wall because it makes it look more uh like a rob zombie movie 
Uh, and so yeah. the, the whole setup is like, then they have a falling out, but then he's like trying to make good on it. But now he's mm-hmm. like, we have to go further. We have to go further with the project. And then now he starts kidnapping people. And like, you have a, a scene where like, yeah, the, he's playing back the footage with the other guy showing the girl, like in a room, that's just like completely boarded mm-hmm. up with a giant hunk of delicious steak meat just on the ground. And she's like refusing to eat it and days pass. And now the flies are swarming in the rotting meat and the maggots all it's like, whatever, 10 days later, she eats it. Her will is broken. He's like, see anyone, everyone, and all the fear is a construct. And it's just like, Oh, and, but there's like, so, and then there's this other guy. I don't even remember who this dude is, but he makes him go deaf. He blows, he like, he puts like, uh, like water jugs strapped to his ears and then fires guns on both sides. So he destroys his eardrums and he goes out to the hospital. But now the guy wants revenge, you see. Yeah. And then the other guy, uh, basically it's this very convoluted way. He constructs a way for him to like face off against another axe murderer that he then can kill and then he gets over his fear but then of course the protagonist he's like really like where is she oh no he's like oh no she just wandered off i don't know where she went you're like that's not how these movies go and of course Mm -hmm. rj uh he kills he kills the protagonist or actually he allows the protagonist to get an axe to the chest and then he watches him die. And then he drags his dead body down to a basement and throws him into a room where the girl is handcuffed to a banister. And he says, let's see if you can eat that. And then he throws a knife in there. And she screams. And then the movie ends. And it's like sets up this like, didn't we just blow your mind? Now that Quaid's a serial killer? Isn't that fucked up? Like Saw? Because like the movie, like, like the poster is trying to go for that... Uh, as the kids used to call back in the 2000s when this came out, the torture porn era, where it's just about, uh-huh. like, cruelty and just unrelenting yeah. grimness. And, like, I don't know. If I had watched this when it came out, maybe I would have been maybe more impressed by it. But watching it now, I just, like, I hate this. I mean, yeah. I think that... That's fair. And, and plus also the way the movie's made and the, the horrendous color grading. Uh, mm-hmm. So everything, like, looks like crap. I just watch it. I'm like, I don't like this. I don't. I don't want this in my world. I don't like this. This tone, like, it's stupid. And you're like, well, why didn't you? Why wouldn't she just kill herself? Like, you literally just threw her a knife, and now she's trapped in a room mm-hmm. with, like, with her boyfriend, like this guy that she liked. And now you're, oh, now you have to eat her his body because you're because you're a vegan. <laughs> it's like, just kill yourself. Like, this guy's never going to let you go. Just fucking yeah. kill yourself or. Like, whatever you're going to do, just do that. And then you're done, and then he loses, and then you're dead, and you don't have to worry about it anymore. But yeah. it's like, they never go to that beat. You're just like, yeah, because before, she didn't have a knife to eat the hunk of meat. Now she's ugh, so frustrating. And, like, I thought about this movie a lot after watching it because yeah. it was just annoying to me, and I was like, what if I ever liked this? And then I started thinking about this era of movies like Wolf Creek, the Saw movies, Hostel. Um, and then, like, on the flip, then you have, like, a really, I think, great movie like Martyrs. Where it's like, Mm -hmm. that movie works, I think, still really well because it kind of goes for it. Where this Mm -hmm. just is like, oh, it's like, this could be Dexter to me. Or like, just like another, like, another piece of like cynical, bad serial killer slop. Yeah. Yeah. Two two things. When you were describing the movie and you're like, why would you do it? Why wouldn't you kill yourself? Why does anyone care? I was oh, I could only think about how the Criterion creeps present Ghoul School and how they were for the longest time our most least most least uh, listened to episodes. I was like Ghoul School sounds good. 
Uh, and then two, that's kind of a bummer because I remember the stories and I don't think they put so much weight into like, like they way overdid it because it's a short story. Now this is like, we got to make a feature film. We've got to make characters that you care. Oh yeah. So creepy Quaid. He also, he's a painter and his paintings stink. (laughs) Like they're so like, and, uh, he's like, he paints the, the birthmark girl. And Mm -hmm. then he like. He has the footage of her, like, talking about the way her body makes her feel. And then also she gets rejected by the hero because he actually likes this other girl. and has nothing to do with the birthmark, but she doesn't take it very well. But, of course, yeah. it gets screened all across the campus. And then she freaks out. And then she goes and finds a bathtub and starts, like, scrubbing her, like, one half of her body off with bleach and, like, chemical. Who gives a shit, And you're right? just like, ugh. It's just like, what? And then she's walking around the hallway screaming. You're just like, oh, yeah. Just, like, more added on cruelty. <laughs> You're just like, yeah. uh, this movie's, it's not the, the, one of the big problems too, is it's not well made enough. It's not earned. Um, I, I feel like you. this, like, I think it was like a better crafted movie in some way mm-hmm. that it could be like, man, this movie's like real bit. No, they just don't have the ability to get there. So, oh, well, yep. that was, a uh, what was that on Netflix? Amazon Prime, one of those two. One of those, yeah. It's too bad because I remember the short stories being really simple. Whereas, like, yeah. for the vegan girl, it was just a hung- it was just like a steak. Like yeah. that was it. it. She didn't have to eat a fucking body or anything. And I think one wow, of them was like, a, yeah, that's the real. The we, edge, isn't this fucked up? <laughs> yeah, and one of them was just like a guy who was like hanging upside down or something, or he was just like tied to a table and was like, "Well, you're not gonna leave." And like that was it. Yeah. And it was just him accepting death or something. So. Too bad, but Too yeah, that sounds lame. Yeah. So I, uh, my next movie, RJ, is a movie that we both have seen this month. What? Actual, we we did it's, something it's one together? Of the very few crossovers, I think, so far. Wow. And that is All the Colors of the Dark. Where, how, where did you watch this movie, Jarrett? I watched this on the Shutter. Is this where we're going to start our Shutter endorsement here? <laughs> or our... I don't our unofficial endorsement of Shutter for the next like five six films. Oh yeah, is that what it, it is can for you? Be. Okay. Uh, yeah. So I I didn't realize that this was in your list too. Was uh, it was just completely it unplanned? It was yeah, completely unplanned. It nice, was uh, nice. once I had the access to the Shutter and I saw that it was on here, I went, oh, I can watch this and find out if it's any good or not. Cool. That cool. That, that was it because it's I've talked about this before. My kind of weird relationship with giallo with giallo. These, where like a lot of the time they're never as good as you want them to be and yeah. i i've bought a bunch of these things blind over the years and you watch them you go that was okay but mm-hmm. they never draw you in they, they're, they're always like they seem flatly shot they, they tell almost the exact same story and sometimes they're like the story they tell so convoluted that you just do not care about anything you can't follow you it. can't follow it and you're like all the characters kind of look the same it's like yep beautiful European women and like these like dudes with sideburns and they're always like someone killed somebody else go talk to them and they're all in the yeah. fashion world or photographers <laughs> or media mm-hmm. and like they have these ill-defined jobs but they spend no time at all ever actually doing these jobs that pay them so well mm-hmm. and they have these like very well appointed like living standards you're like how do they do this like they're spending all this time like giallowing around but like well they don't, no one has that time and it's like i'm so aware of it watching them because they're always about yeah. the the wonder the the beautiful people doing stuff and that's like i mean a lot of people watch movies to watch beautiful people all the time but it's like you gotta have a little bit more than that you know you, mm-hmm. you can't just rely on uh jeremy renner you know 
who can? I mean, he's, I mean, uh, who can, Jarrett? Who can? So, uh, all the colors of the dark. Blind yes. watch for me. It's been, it's just, but it's one of those heralded, uh, creep uh giallo movies uh okay. last year i or maybe two years ago you watched i think last year uh the, the wonderfully titled your vice is a locked room and only i have the key i watched that last year and then i also watched island of the fishman so i watched two sergio martino movies yeah and uh you've never watched torso which has got an amazing no. title torso yes, as well as uh i've actually also seen yeah the strange vice of mrs ward uh, mm-hmm. And I've also seen 2019, After the Fall of New York. Where'd you watch that one, Jared? Uh, did we watch that one? I think so. Okay. Because I know we watched some of these uh, these Italian post-apocalypse movies. I couldn't remember if that one was one. So that's what I've seen. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And most of those, have, like all these movies have been like fine. Uh, yeah. That, your Vice is a Locked Room has a very awesome cat named Satan. Like he's mm-hmm. a beautiful kitty. And it's got the lovely... Uh, Ed, Edwidge Finch, the who now? Ed, Edwidge Finch, who is also okay. the protagonist of All the Colors of the Dark. Oh, yeah. I had no idea. Yeah, because I don't she's, make. Connections. She's like a, I don't know what you call a brunette bombshell. Okay. She, she is like a camera's best friend. Like she looks amazing. Yeah. She photographs amazing, and like she is like the wide-eyed um, like character you want in these types of movies. She wanders mm-hmm. around, um, and you're like, what, what's going to happen to her? She dresses great. She's amazing clothes. All these things. She's like, she's a real, like, kind of has that movie star quality. So anyway, all the colors of the dark. I, I like really, really like this movie. I saw that. And I think the big thing, I'll I'll read the synopsis first. Uh, Again, it's very giallo-y. Jane Mm -hmm. lives in London with her boyfriend, Richard. Her mother was murdered when she was young. She recently lost a baby in a car crash and she's plagued by nightmares of a knife-wielding man. Richard thinks that the cure is vitamins, while Jane's sister recommends psychiatric help. But a new neighbor <laughs> promises that if she participates in a black mass, all her fears will disappear. Instead, it just seems to bring her nightmares to life. What a... Um... Kinda? Yeah, it doesn't even... The movie doesn't even play that way. Like, yeah. the way information unravels, it's like offhand and uh it just kind of goes from this poster here on letterbox it's like it's misleading because when you look at it you're just like whoa is that like a satan hand it's like mm-hmm. is this gonna be a movie about satans it's like no 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 actual satans but it's got satanists satanists coming out of the wazoo mm-hmm. I, I think like this the cinematography the way this movie shot the storytelling um is so good the right. movies, like the actual story and stuff like that, the characters, they're all kind of just there. But just from like a like a, a filmmaking standpoint, this thing is like awesome. Like I was like so into it. This checks like all my boxes of mm-hmm. what I want to see in a Giallo. Um, and honestly, up until probably the very last like five minutes, this movie is like amazing. And then it has like the stupidest <laughs> like <laughs> thing to tie up everything into a nice neat knot involving a drug dealing ring. <laughs> just like, what is this? Where does this come from? Yeah. Like, it's so dumb. It's such, it's, it's kind of like a letdown, but I'm like, yeah, whatever. I'll just pretend that part doesn't exist and focus right. on like all the stuff I love, the way it looks, the photography, um, the seeming randomness and the violence, uh, the colors, uh, 
all the costumes like this from a production value this like or production standpoint this thing's awesome uh i was reading about sergio martino i guess at the time him and dario argento were kind of in a, like a weird like back and forth competition a la uh when people talk about <laughs> i guess what the beach boys and the beatles where they were like having a back and forth with releasing albums trying to one up one another supposedly mm-hmm. martino and argento were doing that too with their movies and i guess like deep red uh some claim trump this movie but and that movie's like uh-huh. that movie's like really cool to watch but the story is like nonsense like it's like it has almost problems i was complaining about with giallos where you're like who cares like why is this yeah. movie over two hours long this is nonsense this is only an hour and a half and has all that nonsense but it's a little bit more condensed and looks great all at the same time just like me just like you rj yeah, so I also think All the Colors of the Dark is uh, a very good show. Um, I didn't like it as much as you did, and that's only for a few different reasons. Uh, I also think the biggest thing for me was, like, those dream sequences I thought were so well done. Like, I really, really liked those. Uh, like, the opening, you have that dream sequence. As soon as that hit, I was like, whoa, yeah. Yeah. what do we got here? Like, the way that they present that stuff is awesome and then i also like the uh the way that they play around with the editing a little bit where it's things like um one of the things that she experiences is when that dude is like walking into the room but then it kind of cuts back and he walks forward again and it cuts back and it shows him walking forward again yeah and it just like it happens over and over again Uh, i really like that i was like that's a nice little like way that they kind of played around with how they uh they just show what's going on yeah yeah, so I, I really liked all that stuff. And then uh, for some of it, like the ending does exist for me. Uh, and then <laughs> yeah. there there were a few things that like at a few moments in it, like it does. I found it got a little bit repetitive because it kind of kind of goes over the same things a few times. And I was like, kind of like, let's hurry this up a little bit here. But uh, I do. I did really like the uh, the like the cult aspects mm-hmm. to it i was like that's pretty cool you like that's that cool. uh that doc sacrifice uh i didn't like that uh <laughs> i did like the just the normal uh cult Invo- stuff involving the woman being sacrificed sure and the the orgies yeah i mean i don't care about orgies well i don't like well, so orgies, that's, but, that's that sexuality that you want to yeah. expunge yeah, I mean, I'm not huge into that, but uh, I do like the cult aspect of it. So I thought All the Colors of the Dark was pretty good, too. Yeah. Pretty good, too. Yeah, like, I mean, realistically, it's not... Uh, I, I just overlike it, probably, just because it looks so nice. And, I mean, it's, like, it's fine. Yeah. You like what you like, you know? Yeah. Uh, I, I think it's good. I just didn't like it that much. That's all. Yeah. Know what I mean, Jer? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, Jer? Yeah. I also yeah, watched... Have, another, I have another movie called with color in the title. What was that? This was an H.G. Lewis, Herschel Gordon Lewis movie called Color mm-hmm. Me Blood Red. I see. Uh, this movie is not as good as All the Colors of the Dark. No? No, it's about a a mad painter, mm. a killer artist. What does he do? He's a, he paints. He paints <laughs> these like ridiculously, uh, like just awful painting again awful yeah. paintings that's a, i should be keeping track of these things in uh, my list as a tag but mm-hmm. um so yeah he breaks these and he's like angry at his art dealer um he's got this like young, cute young thing as like, his girlfriend wife who just like always is walking around in like swimsuits and exercise outfits mm-hmm. and then eventually um he spills a little bit of blood on a canvas 
because one of the critics says you or one of the, like he's dealer or an art critic who's like a total art critic out of a comic book with like the little mm-hmm. chapeau and glasses and a cigar holder uh, says you need a little bit more color in your work and when he's painting yeah. he angrily like punches something and cuts his hand and gets some blood on the canvas and they're like oh what you got some blood on there he's like yeah color i need to put some color in my work i need to do that and he's like hey give me your finger honey and he cuts her finger and starts painting with it and it's just like tons of blood he's like well if you want more of it just use some of your own and then he gets pissed and he kills her and then he uses up the rest of her blood to finish up his painting buries her body in some sand on the his beachfront property that he's got and Mm -hmm. uh soon enough he's now in the murder business getting that blood so he can make more paintings to sell is the painting blood bright red or is it really oh, dark it's, red? It is fire truck red. But I mean, it would get dark though. Not, you know? in, not in a Herschel Gordon Lewis movie. Oh, okay. I mean, that's fine. I'm not going to, yeah. not going to be a dink yeah. about that, get, but I'm just, brown, you know, you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it would get all brown and like real like sticky and like crusty. Yeah. I feel like these people would have known that, but I guess that's well, not, I the, guess like maybe when gimmick. this movie came out the, uh, in the early sixties, this idea like artists using blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, was like wild. Um, I remember there was a there was a comic book where like some like ashes of a I think it was like Mark Grunewald got put into the ink of the print mm-hmm. run, and you're just like, oh yeah. And someone I think Kiss put some blood into the ink allegedly of a Kiss comic book. Allegedly, allegedly. Once again, a lot of these ideas, you're like, isn't that crazy? It's got blood in it. <laughs> you're like, yeah, yes. That's not, I have never heard of anything so crazy in my <laughs> life. And so yeah, this is uh, it splits its time between wacky killer artist stuff and then beach party with like these Chotsky couples that are hanging out by the beach. It's like it looks so goddamn cold where they're shooting this stuff and they're like hanging out and they have to keep going into the water and you're like. It, it it looks really cold. This is the mm-hmm. wrong time of year to be shooting this footage. And then eventually they run afoul of the killer artist. And it's uh, it's very Herschel Gordon Lewis-ish. Uh, you haven't watched any of his movies yet. So I, I, maybe that's a lost on you what that means. Uh, no, I mean, I, I've heard of Herschel Gordon These movies Gordon are Lewis, like, so. they're, they're cheap. He's like, he's yeah. like a commercial uh, filmmaker doing like, you know, industrial films. I believe. Mm-hmm. And then he just like, oh, God, like insurance. And maybe he was selling insurance too. And then he was just like, Hey, I can make a buck making movies. Kids like mm-hmm. blood and guts and tits. And so he split his time between those things. And then sometimes he combined them. And those were where he really made money. The movies would travel around going through drive throughs and, uh, people always would turn in cause Hey, color me blood red. That sounds pretty cool. Blood mm-hmm. feast, 2000 maniacs, the wizard of gore. These all sound incredible. The gruesome twosome. Ooh, that's what some people call me. And well, us, the podcast. No, no, just me. Just you. You're a twosome yep. all by yourself. Some, some ways. Some ways. Yep. So yeah, so this the, was yeah. Uh, this was exactly what I expect. I, I don't think there is a three star Herschel Gordon Lewis movie. Truly, Two Thousand Maniacs is a, a favorite of mine, but right, uh, it, it goes on quite a long, long time. I know what that's like. Mm-hmm. What I do, do. You, What do you want to watch? What do you want to talk about? What well, What would you like me to talk about, Jared? What, what's next? Uh, some Shutter flicks. Okay. You ever heard of One Cut of the Dead? Oh, we want to talk about that now. I mean, I we can talk about that since you're uh, here, and then I I can talk about some other Shutter things. Yeah, we'll just, just do One Cut of the Dead then. 
All right. So this is a Creeps recommended film from Shinichiro Ueda. He wrote in to tell us to watch this. Uh, yeah, he did. He's a big fan of the Criterion Creeps. Wow. He's like, hey, I think you'd like my film. Uh, this movie's been recommended by a lot of people. A lot of people say don't look into it. Uh, I feel like you could. I think if you know what's yeah. going to happen, I don't think it'll matter that much. No. Um, when I when I was watching it, I will say like the the first half hour, it was playing out, and I was like, oh, for, is this it? For first forty minutes. That's yeah. That. First forty minutes. And, for see, sure. this was the thing that I found annoying because I remember hearing from other sources saying it was like twenty minutes, and so I was like, no, yeah, no. I'm like after the twenty minutes, I went, what the fuck. Like, what are they talking about? And then there comes a very clear marcation in the movie at the 40 minute, around right around 40 minutes. We were like, oh, okay. That's, yeah. there we go. Now, now we've, now we're going, now we're getting into the, the gist of this thing. Yeah. Yeah. And like, I think, so that's what it was for me too. Like, it, it's definitely like about 40 minutes. And I was watching it and I was kind of like, is that all it is? Is like that, that's the gimmick? I was like, that's not really anything. Uh, and then it does switch it. And then even when it did flip, I was like, okay, let's see what's going to happen here. Mm-hmm. And then it goes for a little bit. And I, I wasn't even on board yet, but I think it's in just like the last half an hour when things actually start falling into place. I was like, okay, I see what people are talking about. <laughs> I said, I see why this is something that everyone is like real hot to uh, trot on. Mm-hmm. And like, we're just skirting around that. That's fine. But uh, I liked it. I thought it was good. I do like, I think it's one of those movies that you, it takes a while to get there. And once you're done, it's worth all the time. You're like, oh, okay, that was very good. But I think it would be a tough sell for people who um, like, I wanted to watch this with Andrea but I already know, like, once I finished it, I was like, it was really good. If she watched the whole thing, she would like it. But I know she wouldn't because a half an hour in, she'd be like, I'm not in the, into this. Even if I was like, no, it's going to get into something else. And then she would be waiting. And then when it did switch, she'd be like, oh, is that it? And I'd be like, oh, yeah, I guess. <laughs> like, do you, do you know what I mean? Yeah, because even like, getting to the probably like the good part of the movie that only really makes sense when you've watched the first 40 minutes like you have because you yeah. have to watch the first forty, to. and then yeah. like the next fifteen minutes are like nothing special at all. Like it's yeah. really I don't know. I I wasn't that into those that sequence where it's like get assembling the team, and then you get to the actual okay. Now you get to watch. Even tiptoeing around this, you get to the hey now it's the making of yeah, and that stuff's really good and it pays off really well because you realize what's coming next and you're like oh that's really good that's funny. It's mm-hmm. kind of like this movie actually I was thinking of it as like this is like a good trauma movie. It's like yeah, if this yep. was if this was like it's what you wish Lloyd Kaufman would have gotten to. And it was like yeah. it's like if you combine like cuz you have the actual movies that he makes like say Terra Firmer, but then you mm-hmm. actually just when you actually watch those making ofs of like mm-hmm. Farts of Darkness and you combine those things, it's like that's what this kind of does. It's funny that you bring that up because I thought the exact same thing and I was I didn't want to I was going to was going to be my review was going to be like, hey, did you like Farts of Darkness? Because you'll love this thing. And I haven't even seen that. But when you were talking about it, I was like, it seems like that's do you like making ofs more than actual movies? Then do we have something for you? You know know what? The one thing uh, and we'll we'll talk about it if we get to the very last thing I watched uh, up to this point. Uh, it's got it's got a drone shot right at the end of it, and it bum, mm. it bums me out now. 
I I've seen them. a lot of drone shots. I, I, uh, I hate them. I hate them so much. This they're, month. They're gonna, it's like, I know we can't, all can't afford helicopters. <laughs> it's not the but, 90s. But man, drone footage looks so cheap to me. It's like, because yeah. anyone can get one. And now you're like, hey, let's sh- take this shot directly above things. Yeah, it doesn't doesn't bother me that much. But uh, I, I did notice it and then like i said in some of the other movies i watched this it's month the, i was like oh a drone it, it's the color grading of this era when yeah like, like i'm serious like in a very short order people are going to be like oh drone like it's gonna be a thing because mm-hmm. i i think we're just ahead of the curve and uh i don't know i get like you i mean when you're doing cheap movies like like small budget things you, you use the tools that are available to you to try to add right. some value to your movie and get those shots in but they just I don't know. It's like putting a VHS filter over your footage, or like de-aging mm-hmm. your stuff. You're like, we can do it. And you're like, yeah, now you watch it. And you're just like, that's a, that was a big mistake. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's not like a steady cam. Like when people put in yeah. a ste- like actual really well done steady cam footage into the movie, it, it looks great. Drone footage, no. It never looks right because it's so it, – it's not fast enough. You have a, it's only like a certain kind of height to a shot, mm-hmm. and just like oh, I, oh, it takes me out of movies every time. But yep. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah. One one cut of the dead was good. I didn't love it. Yep. Um, I liked it. Yeah. Yep. Like the once it gets to like the like that the last half hour, uh, well done. Because I mean, mm-hmm. I'm a big fan of making of sort of stuff, and it, right. it, and and there's like the during the end credits they kind of have like even like the added footage of like how they shot this because it's like oh yeah mm-hmm. because you kind of forget you're like you're watching the making of but it's like no they're actually still making a movie and that's like the editing and stuff like that is really great like the how they constructed mm-hmm. it it's a really well done movie but it um at this point i'd be like beyond like being yeah that's that's cute yeah yeah i kind of i um I wasn't like super surprised by your rating of it. I was like, that's usually how Jared kind of like falls in line with this stuff. Uh, I, I liked it. Like, and, and it's, but it's like I said, I think you have to, you gotta, you gotta really kind of go with it. Not that any of it's like, um, not entertaining or anything like right. that. Uh, but you do have to fully commit to it. It's and then at the end of it, talk. it's got a lot of diary. I, I, so I was, I was big into Diarrhea Man. I liked him quite a bit. Uh, and yeah, like that last half hour, I think is phenomenal. So I, I really enjoyed it for that bit. Phenomenal. But you do have to. Phenomenal, as the kids say. You do have to wait for it, though. And it's it's like I said, I could never um, I could never show like Andrea this because I know she would an hour in, she'd be like, this is lame. And then she would just leave. And I'd be like, well, it gets better. I think there's a half hour left. But she would be so like out of it that but whatever. Hey, you want to hear about another Shutter exclusive? Absolutely. You ever heard of Tigers Are Not Afraid? I have heard of this. From Isa Lopez? Yep. So here's a movie, Jared. Uh, from people from the country of Mexico. And this movie is some people who are like, they saw Pan's Labyrinth and they're like, whoa, we should make that. Let's do it again. <laughs> Let's do it again. Da-na-na, but slightly different. And it's like, hey, you ever seen The Devil's Backbone, Jarrett? What if we made The Devil's Backbone and Pan's Labyrinth? Well, if I was 
GDT, I'd be like, where's my lawyer? Where's I, I, I wonder if he is interested in his lawyer. Probably so t- Tigers are not afraid. It's, it's pretty good. Uh, it's like, it's a well-made movie. I wasn't super into it. Uh, mostly because it was probably poor timing for me because Creeptober, I just want stuff like hell high and just yeah, like yeah, uh, yeah. sleazy things. And this is more a uh, prestige format, <laughs> uh, I think is what they try to do. It's, it's, got, about, it's got like a spine to it. Yeah, it's you know, on the shelf. You know, you're, you're like, oh, there it is. Yeah. Oh, there's that. This, I, 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 want that in, I want that in hardcover with like that little like fabric bookmark. Yeah, this is exactly how that this thing. Sometimes is you want a soiled paperback. Uh, I mean, that was my nickname in high school. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So tigers are not afraid. It's about some orphans in Mexico. And uh, it's all about like gang violence there and how gangs are and cartels are going around and killing parents and stuff like that and, and killing orphans. Mexico. So you have these gangs of kids in Mexico. And they're kind of like they're they're around but some of them get abducted and they're like oh well that orphan's gone or it'll be kids and their parents will get abducted and it's like oh you're an orphan now and they kind of like roam around and then one of the orphans during a school shooting uh like their teacher slips her a piece of chalk and she's like breaks it into three and she's like you will have three wishes uh so now she is a genie and she like wishes stuff and it's all kind of it's all metaphor kind of yeah and like the other big element to this is there's like graffiti all around and it's like uh there's this like metaphor for tigers and like how orphans have to be tigers because it's like you gotta you gotta own it i guess Jarrett. Mm -hmm. but so there's there's an area in here where it's it's ambiguous to a point and it's debatable uh because the girl makes wishes and things happen but it's also kind of like yeah, but none of that's actually happening. It's just coincidental that things happen. So you you get into like that kind of territory and it's uh the kids run foul of the cartel, so it's a cat and mouse, tiger and orphan, <laughs> tiger and drug dealer, I guess. Yeah. Uh about the kids running away from the the drug dealers. It's not bad. Like it's pretty it's a pretty like I said, it's a well-made movie, but uh I think it was poorly planned on uh my end to uh watch mm-hmm. it during uh the hoop or the um the creeptober season i I, i'm just on their page and i just scrolled down really quickly and i saw hooptober everywhere i i've mentioned before i think hooptober is total bullshit so uh during the creeptober season it wasn't the best pick but that's my bad oh well oh well yeah do you want to talk about some more movies you want me to sure i can do this yeah i got got movies okay i've talked about nine I know. So, uh, Beyond Dreams Door. This is a weird one. Uh, This is a movie that uh, it reminds me of The Evil Within. Remember The Evil Within? That old Ranger pick? That movie made by a a dead, what 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 was his addict? His drug addict? That wild movie. And it seems like it's a movie made from like a, a man who like, was told what movies are like. That's mm-hmm. what Beyond Dreams Door kind of feels like. Okay. Uh, ben Dobbs is a lonely college student who has never had dreams of any kind. This all changes for Ben when he start having when he start having a series of sequential and terrifying nightmares that become mm-hmm. true in his waking life. As he reaches out for help, he is also expanding the net his nightmare demon is spreading for new victims. 
Ben's challenge is to survive okay. this new surrealistic world beyond Dream's door. Uh, okay. So this movie, I'm, wi- I'm with you. Yes, yeah, so this movie plays by its own set of rules. It's got some pretty cool gore. I'm okay. not gonna lie. Um, but the, it didn't have my full attention. But every mm-hmm. once in a while, I'd look over and be like. What the fucking rewind it? Because I was like, what? Mm-hmm. What's this? What's this all about? What's going on here? Lots of amateur actors, non at least non professional actors. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. You got characters in here like John Dunleavy playing the janitor. Mm-hmm. This is definitely a movie that's a victim of the fact that I watched it. You know, like two weeks ago, like thirty movies ago, and I don't remember specifics anymore, but. If you're able to find this obscurity, um, put it on that list and be like, "Why did? I, why should I watch this?" Because even right now, I'm not sure. All I know <laughs> is that it does have some pretty standout uh, practical gore effects, and is probably going to be very unlike anything else you watch. And would it, and this it, be? Sorry, keep going. No, and it fits into this like into movies of like movies that shouldn't be. But like they're well, yeah. but they're kind of like they're well made enough. Then um, there's it's not definitely it's definitely not an evil within level thing where you're like holy shit this like stop motion stuff's incredible. This doesn't yeah. have that, but the practical effects. I mean, uh, I swear by those are none. Yeah. So what was it called? The Dream Door? No, uh, it is called Beyond Dreams Door. Okay. Okay. When you said that, I was thinking I was like. Because I, I looked over, I was like, I have death dream, and then I think I have death bed. Oh, yes. Yeah, so see, I was like, dreams now, door, see, I death want, dream, see, and I death want, bed. I want death bed back so I can watch death bed again because I'm on this uh, inanimate killer object kick now. We'll talk okay. about that, though. So, yeah, yeah you get on that. Yeah, uh, I'll, probably, I pro- I'll prioritize death bed, <laughs> the bed that eats. Oh, boy. I think it actually is available on uh, streaming platforms, so I could probably even just sling this back oh, to you. I, or I could do it that way, too, if I really needed to. <clears throat> I I think so. Uh, another thing I watched. This is not quite a f- film, nor is it a documentary. Are you okay. fam- are you familiar with Everything Is Terrible? Uh, I mean, in real life, I'm familiar with that. Yeah, but like the website. Uh, it's like a they they what they do is this this group of uh, VHS fans of media fans. Okay, they they, they plumb the depths of. Mm-hmm. VHS. They watch everything and then they record it all and they compile it and edit it into entertaining tidbits. They do like a website. I think it's like one of their sites is like Memory Hole and stuff like that. They've been doing this forever. Their uh, repository of like shit is unending. But so they mm-hmm. put together. Uh, they put together shows. They travel around. It's kind of like the Found Footage Festival. Uh, right. They put together these compilations of footage and they kind of like just just to like blow your fucking mind with like craziness of like, just like mm-hmm. of things you're like, yeah. Like they don't use like high quality of anything. They always want like it to look like shit and have that like nineties yeah. quality of being at your grandma's, but watching things that your grandma did not own, uh, mm-hmm. things that nobody probably bought maybe at like weird old churches and stuff like that. They sit in their library, some of the mm-hmm. stuff. So I watched everything is terrible presents the great Satan. So okay. th- this is one of the, this is like 72 minutes long, but it is, um, the experience of watching it, uh, on a visual level reminds me of Sarah Connor getting blasted 
by atomic energy in Terminator 2 when she gets reduced to a skeleton holding onto the fence. Because this thing just hits the ground running and you are just enamored with like footage of shit, of like telling the story of the devil and society itself. And Mm -hmm. it is just nonstop. Like you, it's like, uh, perfect for the attention deficit generation because okay. like, you can't get bored you're just like constantly just seeing footage and it's it uses everything from like christian like children's christian videos to mm-hmm. gay pornography it what? just no? it, it goes all through everything back and forth like no one scene lingers probably longer than 10 seconds the vast majority of them are like a second they're mm-hmm. like sound clips, like just and just images that just blast by your eyes, and you're just like, "Oh, I've seen that movie." <laughs> like that's all I sometimes would think, and then you're like watching it and just like kind of being brought for the along for the ride. Okay. It's like a film collage, uh, but really well done. I this thing yeah. was so much fun. I I was like after watching, I'm like God damn, that was like seventy two minutes. Like that, I, I can't believe it. Like that was uh, the, one of the easiest things I watched. Like I didn't want to go grab my phone. I didn't want to go, you know, check my emails. It's just like, mm-hmm. cause you can't, cause if you do, you miss something and you actually feel like you've missed something. So that was a, that's a real winner for me so, this month. In the cast, I'm seeing Glenn Danzig, Oprah yeah. Winfrey. Yes. Alejandro Jodorowsky. Gene Simmons, Chuck E. Cheese. David Cronenberg, Phil James Donahue. Woods, your buddy. Yeah. It sounds pretty cool. Where did you uh, watch this? Uh, DVD. Ordered it from oh, okay. Everything is Terrible. So I, I, oh. do, I do have this DVD. Well, I don't want to take any more this year, but maybe next year. It sounds good. It's it good. Cool. I, I mean, this, I think, uh, even uh, old Andy would uh, be into this because it's, it's like it's so easy to watch it's pretty tough though to pick movies for dude oh, this, well this is like <laughs> this isn't a movie this is an experience yeah. okay I'll, I'll try to sell it like that I'll tell her you said that yeah just say it's a, a Jarrett pick for her yeah I'll, she knows what Jarrett picks are like yeah she knows I'll, I'll be like this is Jarrett pick she's <laughs> like oh is there weird sex stuff in it and I'll be like maybe I don't know yeah, I mean, not, not per se there is some love making montages is that a but rough, all, but, but, but then there's also de- there's also decapitation montages and hands being stabbed montages. There's montages oh, for see. everything. There's children being born. There's monster demons being born montages because there's enough footage that exists of like women giving birth to giant monster things. Yeah, it just kind of like just is exactly. Yeah. Um, so after that, I watched a Australian movie. AJ, what now? an Australian film. Oh, was Oliver Granger there? I know that's not where he lives, but was yeah. he there? Nope, he wasn't there. Okay. I looked for him and everything, but he's not there. Bad. This is another S. Craig Zoller pick. I had never oh, heard of this movie. It's called Primal from 2010. Oh, yeah. Directed yeah. by, uh, I think, a, a one-and-done boy, Josh Reed. So yeah. this movie, I love synopsises. Evil Lies Within. Anja and five friends join anthropology student Dace on a journey to study a remote ancient rock painting. Their excitement vanishes when Mel becomes delirious after skinny dipping in the water hole. Feverish, bleeding, confused, she physically and mentally regresses to a vicious predatory state. Mel has gone primal. Mel's lover and friends realize they are the prey as she savagely hunts them down. Before they can escape, another one of them starts to regress, posing a hideous choice. Kill their friends or be killed by them. Their only hope of survival is through a cave where Anja learns too late the meaning of the ancient rock art they came to study. 
Is that accurate? Yeah, actually, that is what the movie happens in this movie. And this movie okay. is the shits. Aww, it's, you you were making it sound like it was gonna be good. But it's not. It's bad. You ever seen? Okay. You, remember the, you remember the ruins? Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that yeah. Uh, book that everyone that allegedly stopped. thinks is amazing. Allegedly, and then they made yeah. that movie because it's like mm-hmm. it's one of those things where it's like that. What's his name? Scott something. Bacula. Uh, yeah, Scott Bacula from. Formerly. Yeah, no, it's it's some it's like, like Scott S or something. Yeah, Scott like Smith that. maybe. Yeah, yeah. So he wrote shit. he wrote a simple plan, and then that turned into an awesome movie, and then he wrote this like plant mm-hmm. horror vi- killer vines in this southern part of the world movie and uh i was thinking about that movie frequently while watching this because you're like oh it's like another one of those movies about like essentially uh my my review of this mentions uh underwear models because everyone in this is like uh you know attractive young fit specimens who like us us, who they, they they're like playing scientists they're going to go look at some rocks and then hijinks ensue but like, there's no likable characters in this at all, and it's just like every 2000s generic horror movie you can imagine. It doesn't differentiate itself too too much until the end, where they kind of get into like what's in the cave, and then you go, ugh, <laughs> oh come on. Mm-hmm. Anyway, yeah, so this movie sucked, and there's a reason why no one talks about it. It's like I don't know what S. Craig Zoller was all about. Um, once he's into like. I don't know. Bad, bad character decisions. Oh, just, well, I mean, he kind of is <laughs> like uh dragged across concrete. Well, kind yeah. of. Yeah. The movie is pants. Uh, I watched a documentary. I watched okay. to hell and back. The Kane hotter story. Oh shit. Is that that dude who is, um, Freddy Krueger? Uh, the other one, he was Michael he, Myers. He was Jason's. He was Jason's. He wasn't the alien from Aliens 2, Return of Bill Pullman? Nope. Okay. Well, tell me about it then. Oh, yeah. So, Hell and Back. Uh, it's a documentary about Kane Hodder. Okay. Yep. And what, what's he doing? He acts. He uh, he does the stunt works early on, and then he becomes a Jason. And then he's kind of like moved on into being like one of uh, director Adam Green's boys, like playing mm. Hatchet. Yeah. yeah. So, the, so, this documentary... It is a first documentary, first film mm-hmm. being made by the guy who made this thing. It's like, I was kind of okay with it. It's like, I mean, it's just an information dump. It's not like a very well-made documentary. It's just talking mm-hmm. heads and some footage. And like, I was, first of all, the first half of this, I was like, kind of like, yeah. Like, it's one of those things that's incredible where if you like isolate moments from a Friday the 13th movie, they look like, mm-hmm artwork like they're like so cool the kills you isolate you pick up on those things you're like man this is like real deal movie making not like (laughs) friday the 13th movies at all because like the ones he he comes into the franchise when it sucks like he's in the last four like he's like in jason takes manhattan and that stuff like he's not he's not part of the the our big three two three four he's in that latter half he's in jason goes to hell jason x our, our namesake here um and then, but that's it. Like, there seems to be barely any Kane or very, very barely any Jason stuff. And then it's just like Adam Green and talking. To, and like, it's trying to spend all this time convincing you that Hatchet's worth your time. Oh, that sounds super lame, dude. And yeah, it stinks because you haven't seen Hatchet, right? 
No, no. Um, Hatchet sucks. Like it's it's kind of like Primal, where it's just like mm-hmm. it's very two thousands in every bad way for a horror movie. But then it's yeah. got these incredibly grisly, violent deaths that are like awesome. Like some of them are like holy shit. But yeah. that's it. And then they're trying to talk about these, like, yeah, we're trying to give the Victor Crowley character some depth, and he's got a whole backstory figured out. And you're just like, no, oh, I don't me, need any me. of that shit. Though that, that that shit sucks. Like, no one, like the yeah. movie, the, the movie that you have, it's like, isn't it cool how Kane Hodder actually plays Victor Crowley's father in the flashback? And you're like, that's like the most obvious thing in the world. Why? That's yeah. like. Of course you did that because it's like the only logical thing you would do. It's not like that's really cool. I'm going to like give you kudos to make, making mm-hmm. a decision. Um, and like there's this whole like backstory that's interesting with Kane Hodder. Like, mm-hmm. For instance, like uh, I guess like the big reveal in it is that when he was like 22, a young stuntman, he was mm-hmm. trying to like – I guess he was doing like, a publicity story of some journalist and he was going to do a full body burn. And he does one and it, it, it goes – badly because it doesn't work he was he was by like a big body of water the wind was bad that day and the fire just went out immediately it was very embarrassing he was like fuck i didn't do a very good job of it let's do it again let's do it in the desert oh hey i'm Mm. out of rubber cement hey can you bring some from your office because i have no money and she's like sure she brings it along but he doesn't do his research and like look up and go oh wait this rubber cement's different than the stuff you would you would actually use for doing a full body burn and then he does a full body burn, RJ, for uh, this photographer out in the desert, mm-hmm. and it goes horribly wrong, and he suffers horrific burns all over his body. He spends like half a year mm. in uh, intensive uh, uh, wards, <laughs> burn ward, like eventually gets sent to an actual like facility mm-hmm. for burns, but like he almost died from infections four months afterwards until they finally sent him to get proper care, and they spend... Way too much time, like showing him walking around and looking at the hospital, like it's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. You're like, are they just padding this out at this point? Like, I yeah. get this was like probably a big deal for him, but like, there's no big moment to it. You're just like, yeah, that sucks. And he's like, he's mm-hmm. so gone, like his whole body, he, like, you never really see it. Like his arms are like that, and you'd see it in his neck. But uh, I always think DDP kind of has that thing too. So I don't know if he's been burned. Mm-hmm. Like then you see like a moment of his like him without his shirt on, and you're like, holy shit, he's been torched. That's what they say about me. But the the insane thing is, Kane Hodder still does full body burns in his stunt life. <laughs> What's he got left to lose? Exactly. He, he's he's lived through it all. But. So are you saying this isn't a four and a half star affair? No, this is not great. I yeah. Unless you are super into the idea of Kane Hodder and like getting interviews from uh, Twisted and uh, mm. Adam Green and other people who are going to like talk about the genius of Kane Hodder, uh, take a pass. But I, mean, I can just it, talk to you about that. Exactly. And I already told you about this. It's like, are you into Kane Hodder, RJ? No. Is it, is this going to get you into Kane Hodder? No. Is this the guy who played the shape in the uh, 2018 nope. remake nope. of Halloween? Nope. It, there's a bit where he talks about being really crushed by the fact that he was not cast to play Jason in Freddy vs. Jason. It, it oh. went to a guy who was his stunt double in Jason Takes Manhattan. 
Well, so. Who cares though? Well, he was very sad. And everyone talks about how big a deal it was. And then they have some footage from like some other Adam Green garbage project with like Robert oh. England. <laughs> oh, it's yeah, that sounds horrible. It's not great stuff. Like the promotional stuff. That sounds bad. Well, but it's not even like it's, it is part of the documentary. Like huge swaths yeah. of it. Because what else are you going to talk about with him? Apparently, speaking of Robert England. Yes. I, uh, later that same day, I watched this. I watched uh, the first part of this little franchise called Nine Seven Six Evil. That sounds cool. Robert kind England of. directs this. Uh huh. Kind of what you would call. It's kind of like a demon type deal, like demons. Mm-hmm. Uh, Baba. De- yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. Yeah. I know some like, demons. Or, I know demons. Lumberto. Yeah. So Nine Six Seven Evil. Yeah. It's kind of a kind of a trudge. About, there's like a there's a real nerd kid who's got a cool greaser cousin that lives with them. He's being raised by like kind of like Carrie's mom, where she's like a super mm-hmm. religious fanatic. And this kid though, he's like such a dweeb that you're like, this guy needs to like try a little bit more. Someone needs to straighten this kid out because he is just kind of unbearable and a total creep watching his cousin making it with girls through windows he has like mm-hmm. he has set up a pneumatic tube system so he can send messages saying she's got a nice ass and then when him and his girlfriend leave he goes over to his uh, cousin's place and starts uh, snatching up some panties left behind and you're like I-, I don't really have a lot of sympathy going for this dude this creep but then he makes these phone calls, you see, to this 976 evil number. It's like kind of like a Homer Simpson's phone scam back in the day where, like, you'd call him and he'd give you advice. Do you remember that episode? It's latter-day crappy Where Simpsons. they call Homer, Homer yeah, for Homer, advice? Homer sets up, like, a 1-800 numbers mm-hmm. thing. He has a gimmick where you call him and uh, he gives you bad advice. But he, but he thinks it's good and he's supposed to change who you are. He sets himself as a phone guru this is kind of like this is like more like a horoscope line but then it turns out that you're talking to the devil or something on the other end oh yeah okay and then yeah so the kid starts like starts turning into evil speak remember evil speak i remember evil 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 speaks pretty cool at least like that climax of the movie is awesome Mm -hmm. this movie has not has none of the charm of clint howard it's got this (laughs) you do it's got this other spaz kid and uh, yeah, nine seven six evil. It's just sort of there. It, it marches to its conclusion. He turns into a demon kid. Um, he starts doing some demony things. The house starts going crazy. It's got some world class, horrendous compositing, where it's like the the guy and the girl trying to escape from the building as it's just turning into a hell, like literally a hell hole, and people are falling <laughs> into it. And they're climbing across this, and it's like this is really cheap. Um, and then it turns into a happy ending when the kid just gets sent to hell because that's okay. There's no redemption. This movie stunk. And then we watched nine, seven, six evil two. Cause Oh yeah. I was also putting a friend, Corey and Bryant through this. Why not? I, I like to keep Saturday Fuck horror em. movies in October light, you know, mm-hmm. keep, watch, watch the, the, the cheese ball movies. I don't, I'm going to save the good stuff for myself. I'm going to get mm-hmm. these, uh, these crowd pleasers out of the way. Nine seven six evil two. It's like a, I guess it's a sequel. The the greaser kid. Now he's kind of living like James and Twin Peaks. He's on the road. He's looking a little bit more disheveled. He rides into town. There is a serial killer dean of a university killing mm. girls. That sounds cool. But he's doing it through astral projection. So it's like, how is he doing it? How is he getting away with it? So 
you know how he's doing it because the movie just tells you flat out that he's a bad guy. He actually kind of uh-huh. reminds me of the main character of a Blood Feast, uh, like that or Herschel Gordon Lewis movie. Um, and yeah, it's just another movie. It's just a, and then they, they never made a three, so you don't you know it's not that great. Or is it really great? Have you ever considered that? I had not. I had not. So that's why they pay me the big bucks, Jared. Mm-hmm. You're talking about all these things about how it's not good, and it's like, what if it was? You ask the big questions. I do ask the big questions. That's why. That's what I'm here for, man. Nine six nine seven six evil two maybe a masterpiece. Who's to say? Who's to say? I don't know. What I've do you never seen. Say? Uh, you want to hear about a movie that is definitely not a masterpiece? Yes. You want to hear about in the shit ass? Uh, by Vincenzo Natali. Oh boy, Canadian. Can is he? He is so, from He's... the director of Cube yep. and Splice. Yep. So this is a Stephen King picture, fresh on Netflix a week ago, mm-hmm. allegedly. Um, this is a movie that's not very good, my man. And uh, a lot of people are giving it fair Generous. ratings. Yeah, like there's a lot of threes three and a half <laughs> and i think that's pretty generous so i know you're done with stephen king i'm not i'll forever try so this is uh this in the tall grass or the shit ass as i like to call it uh it was a short story written by joe and steve so joe hill had a new collection of short stories come out uh the three or four days before this movie came on netflix because that's how synergy Synergy. Yeah, Synergy. Uh, and because Joe Hill only writes short stories now for some reason, like I know that's he did that before and Stephen King does that too, but whatever. So it's written by both of them, which I would it's like th- there's that book Sleeping Beauties that's Stephen King and uh, Joe King or not Joe, uh, Owen King, the other brother, the forgotten son. Uh, I would be in- I haven't read that yet, but I. Uh, I've always wondered, I'm like, what is it going to be like when two people write a book? Like, what what's the deal with this? So there's parts of the story that I think are obviously Joe Hill, and then there's parts that are obviously Stephen King. Um, the short story itself is only like 30 pages. I read it. It's about some tall grass. These people... Uh, so where the short story ends is about 20 minutes into the movie, and it ends. And then the movie decides, it's like, you know what? That's not enough. Let's flip this son of a bitch around and keep going. So the short story ends. It's kind of like it doesn't wear out its welcome. But at the same time, whatever. It's it's like this couple or they're not even a couple. They're brother and sister and she's pregnant. On the side of the road, they stop and they hear a kid screaming in the grass. So they go into the grass and then it's like it's this like metaphysical interdimensional grass that you can't leave once you enter it. It's very Twilight Zone-y, Jarrett. Very Twilight Zone-y. So you like can't leave once you enter it. And they get lost in it. And then they encounter some other people. And uh, they encounter some other people. And they're stuck in there. But then one of the guys is evil. Because there's a giant rock in the middle of the grass. Mm-hmm. That once you touch the rock, you become possessed by the grass. You with me so far? Yep, yep, yep. So the story, like, it has some interesting things, like, not like in nothing that hasn't been done yet either, where uh, 
the people will be like, where are you? And it's like, I'm right beside you. Look. And then like they'll look over the grass and they'll be like two feet away and then they'll move and look over. But then they're like on the other side, like 20 feet away. And it's like, how did that happen? So there's like stuff like that. Uh, and then it kind of just ends with uh, like the characters just die in the grass. And it's like, OK, so it goes. Sure. So in this movie, Jared, uh, you get all of the same stuff for about 20 minutes. Uh, and I thought that they would have um, like it's a fine line, I guess, because if there was more people would probably have been like, oh, they did it too much. But I think there was a missed opportunity to play around with sound design because they did it really briefly, whereas like out of one side of the screen, like one speaker and then out of the other, because it's showing that they're moving around and they show that. But they only show it like really briefly. And I don't think they like they don't do it enough because I think that was more about the more interesting part of the story. So it goes up and then one of the characters dies. And then you're introduced to a new character who's looking for these people who get lost in the grass. He finds the grass. He walks into it. And then you start a new cycle, Jarrett. And this movie plays around with like cyclical loops that never end even though there's endings to them. And this movie borrows a lot of stuff. You ever seen the movie Triangle, Jarrett? I have. So this movie borrows some stuff from there. Like, do you remember in Triangle when you get to that cool point and you see all those dead bodies yep. just piling up? They steal that for this, but it doesn't have the same weight. Uh, the biggest problem with me for this movie is that it, it is completely meaningless in the sense that nothing matters at all. Because you see characters die and then it starts over. It cycles back. And then it's just like it's them again walking through the grass. Hmm. And you're like, okay. And then they die again. And then it starts over. And not in the same – not in the way we're like – remember last week we were talking – or not us, but friend of the show, uh, Sam Sanchez, was talking about As Above, So Below. Mm-hmm. And I thought that does the cyclical nature of those things like really well where it's like you're kind of trapped in this thing. This thing, it doesn't matter for these people because it's – they're not – dying and then coming back and then dying again it's just like separate entities all the time and it shows that because the bodies pile up it's like oh so it's a different people or something i don't know like a lot of this movie i just thought was nonsensical i was like what are they doing like what is the point of this because there's all these people walking around they're dying patrick wilson shows up with a mustache he's like i touched the rock now you're gonna touch the rock and he's like I don't know. He has one good scene where he like squishes a head. There, there's like there's one good scene like that. But then but then it kind of like dips out and it doesn't even make sense anymore. They like go to a bowling alley for a, a minute. They're like this bowling alley is in the tall grass. And you're like, <laughs> what? Like what is happening here with this? And then there's like really silly stuff like the pregnant woman gets fed like her fetus and you're like, OK, but then it starts over again. So yeah. it doesn't matter. And there's, I I don't know, dude. Like, I I just thought so much of this stuff cuts back onto itself that I lost interest in it so fast. I was like, what is going on? Like, why are they overcomplicating these things? Andrea watched about half half an hour of this, and she's like, this movie fucking sucks. I was like, (laughs) I agree with you. It does. Then you get, like, you get a CGI fetus being overtaken by like grass. It's got like yeah. it's plant horror. And then you have like these grass people that are like a cult and their heads are grass and they're moving around. That's and 
it, it was okay, but it's how do you feel about CGI? Real bad. How, how do you feel, I feel about real bad about it? How do you feel about entire movies filmed on green screen? Uh, even worse. And I know what people will say. It's like, well, they used real tall grass. It's like, I don't care because there's entire scenes. Like whenever they're near that huge, big rock, it is just a full green screen. Like, and it's, it doesn't look good. The CGI is bad. The bad lighting. Is, the, yeah. Bad lighting. I've seen those film stills stupid. that, uh, when I saw, I was like, that was the beginning of the end with me and, uh, Stephen King adaptations. Yeah. It's. Yeah, this is this is not a good show, Jarrett. Yeah. Not a good show. So like like you said, I think people are being highly generous of this thing. Yeah. Highly generous. <laughs> so uh do you want to hear about some other movies or Sure. Okay, you uh do you want to hear about shorts that I watched or not? Nah? Mm. Eh. If there's anything worth talking about, I mean The substitute was okay. Yeah, I saw that's like fifteen minutes or something long on the yeah. on the shutter. On the shutter, yeah, it's uh, it's about a lady who takes a substitute teacher d- job at a uh, private school, and it's unusual, Jarrett. Oh, unusual. No, that one's not bad. And then I watched El Gigante, which is just Texas hey, Chainsaw. Hey, Gigante. Gigante. Uh, it's just Texas Chainsaw Massacre, but um, with Mexican luchadors instead. Not very good. Not yeah. very good. Sadly, it seems like luchador horror never works out the way that it should. Because apparently even the, the new Hellboy movie, it opens yeah. up with that. It opens with the uh, uh-huh. luchador horror stuff, and then it, but it still sucks. And you're like, how? Yeah. How do, how do you fuck yeah. this up? I don't know. That movie was supposed to come to Prime this week, it, but it didn't. So. Hellboy? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It was announced that it was there, but then it, uh, it never showed up. So mm. I, I don't know what that's about. We'll get it eventually. So yeah, uh, that thing was okay. Do you want to hear about The Last Slumber Party? Directed by sure. uh, lead singer of Aerosmith, Steven Tyler. So uh, I've uh, seen this movie, I believe. I, I Allegedly, yeah. I didn't yeah. even realize you had seen it. So I, I watched this movie because I watched the Slumber Party movies, Jared. This one's really... It's it's kind of, it, it takes a lot of the same stuff. You got girls who are having a slumber party and you have the guys who show up to like get a like get with them mm-hmm. and all that and like kind of like play jokes on them. But it's it's really weird the way they present some of the the stuff because there's the red herring character who's like this uh uh he's like the really smart kid in the class and the bullies like the popular kids they always call him science just science they're like hey science hey, get science. over here i guess it's better than poindexter poindexter yeah just hey science get over here uh so they're like bugging this guy and then the like the killer on the loose for this one is a guy who dresses up in scrubs and carries around like a scalpel so it's supposed to be like a doctor yeah and uh, the girl's house that they're staying at that guy is an actual doctor i guess uh this movie is like kind of um, it's kind of fun for a few different things, but it's, it just never is really anything. Mm-hmm. So there's fun stuff. Like whenever something happens, characters just throw, like say a guy will open a beer and it'll spill and he'll be like, ah, oh, this is no good. And he'll throw it out the window of like a two story house. And then the killer will come in and he'll kill a guy and he's like, oh, I got to get rid of this body. So he'll pick it up and throw it out the window of like the two story house. So the entire movie is based on like windows. It's either people throwing shit out the window or people climbing in through the window, which I guess makes sense. But it's like, I don't, I don't know. Like I thought the emphasis on it was really weird. And then there's also like it, 
they always cut to the guy in the scrubs and it just zooms in on his like super wide <laughs> eyes to make yeah. him look crazy and it and it lingers for so long you're like why are they showing this for for so long uh it then it also has like a bit at the end where it's like was it all a dream mm. but then they like cut away from that I, and i'm gonna spoil this because it's a movie from 1987 that's and not no, good. No, no one's going to watch this either. Nobody cares. Yeah. So like the last girl, she like sees her dad in the pool and she like goes and she's like, oh, no, dad's in the pool. And she like moves the body around. And then it's like a wide shot of her in the pool, like waist deep. And then like in the pool swims up the uh, the doctor and yep. like cuts her throat and then swims back away. <laughs> and I was watching that. I was like, what? Like, I thought it was pretty funny, but I was just like, what is going on? I'm sure that was their intent. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's not good, my man. Not good. So did you watch any movies or? uh... (laughs) No. (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah. Yeah, RJ. You can talk about some if you want. So I attempted to watch this movie called Hellmaster. That sounds cool. It does sound cool, right? Uh, Vinegar Syndrome put this out recently. I had a copy of this still um that i got you know officially and i watched that because i was i was leery you know sometimes you don't want to drop 34 dollars blind and uh yeah i'm I'm glad i did not buy this without knowing and because this is just like a nonsensical prince of darkness type deal Oh, that's too bad. Uh, John Saxton plays. Uh, it's, it, there's actually kind of a theme here between this and uh, Nine Seven Six Evil Two, uh, which is like I guess demonic uh, academics killing. This is about like John Saxton's like a uh, what do you sex call predator. It? No, I'm sure he does that too as a oh, side okay. gimmick. But uh, yeah. no, he, but he's like been like tossed out of academia for his dangerous ideas, and he's come back to <laughs> okay. get revenge on the school with his horde of like demonic undead and it Mm -hmm. sounds like oh that could work but no it like it never really explains what it is you're just kind of going along with it you're like wait what what happened and you're like everyone's just treating this like it's the most normal thing in the world he was doing experiments in the basement of the school and there was like a a newspaper like a like a a journalist went in there with a camcorder and shot this footage of all these like kind of like dawn of the dead ish kind of just just people writhing around on the ground because they're like mm-hmm. possessed or they're they're soulless. I can't tell exactly what's happening, but it's all poor people who've been taken advantage of by these radical experiments. And then like he's come back to get revenge with his mm-hmm. new horde. And so it plays like Prince of Darkness and Demons and but it never makes any sense. Like it's it never draws you in. It's just like, oh then this happens. And then this happens. And it's not like a super cheaply made movie, but boy, I uh, I don't know what my expectations for this were. I mean, it's called Hellmaster. That's pretty rad. But it's super there's, rad, there's man. Nothing, there's nothing rad about this movie. It's just incomprehensible bullshit. My, mm-hmm. uh, my letterbox review, for those who are not in the know, was simply that clip of Krusty the Crown going, what the hell was that? Is that uh, soon to, I can only imagine, be your number one rate, uh, review on Letterboxd? It's, it's done pretty well. Uh, yep. be- beating a lot of things this year, I think. Uh, even my uh, Us review. Oh, I don't know if I know your Us review. Uh, M- I mean, I M- probably M- do. M. Night is back, baby. Oh, that yeah. one's pretty good. Yeah. Hey, that's uh, a good movie people still talk about, right? Um, nope. Uh, so yep. I, I watched The Child. This was uh, This is one of those blind buys. It came in a box set. 
uh, of uh, yeah. American independent horror movies that are kind of neglected and they're repackaging them in this uh, Stephen Thrower curated thing. He's a writer. Uh, I knew nothing about the child, popped it in. The first, like, I don't know, hour and 15 minutes, it's just like this kind of like sloggy American regional horror movie with like lots of atmosphere. And I love that stuff. So I'm okay with mm-hmm. this. Not not a masterpiece, but I'm I'm okay with what this child is throwing down. And then it gets to the ghouls, RJ. Daylight what kind of ghouls. Daylight ghouls. They don't care. They they don't care if it's day or night. The ghouls just start okay. coming. And they're like in like white face. They're weird looking ghouls. And they just keep coming. And it just turns into like Night of the Living Dead-ish kind of stuff, CG things where people are hiding out in a barn, having problems opening doors all of a sudden, and then hands are coming out of the wood planks. It's awesome. It's totally into this this conclusion of this movie. I probably overrated this thing too. Um, sometimes when you spend money on things, you, you're more likely to like it th- something more because of that. But I, I found it very effective. Uh, it's got like it's it's always shot, it's shot in those types of houses that have those ridiculously high ceilings, and I think that oh, was okay. a an era thing because now it's all about like saving space so you want lower ceilings because you don't you want to save on your heating bill so you're not just heating up the ceiling mm-hmm. you know and uh so i always find it amazing when you watch these movies from a different era they're like shot in like farmhouses and they're just immense like massive rooms everywhere and you're like well that's good for filming a movie and because now you can set up all your equipment to move around mm-hmm. your actors it's very convenient but i like this child it's like a Possessive. Yeah, like, sorry, can you say again? The the, the child. I like no, this what? child. There you go. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it's like the plot is like, I don't know. This girl comes in to like babysit or something, and then there's a out on a farm, and there's like a girl who's like making deals with ghouls in the cemetery, like feeding them mm-hmm. animals, like <laughs> cats. <laughs> I believe a cat is uh handed off to one of these ghoul hands that comes around the, the tombstone and just takes the kitten. <laughs> It's good times. Nothing happens to the kitten, RJ. It's just she, uh, she, I wasn't going to say anything. She, she presents the kitten, and then the ghoul hand comes out and takes the kitten. And you're like, oh, shit, that thing's going to eat that, I guess. The and ghoul hand. Ghoul hand. So, yeah, that was, that was good times. Uh, nice. It's ghouls. Uh, and then I watched The Prey. The Which, pre- is that the alien, The Prey, or is it a different Prey? This is a different. It's not, the, it's not Prey from... Hmm. Vinegar Syndrome. From someone? From Norman Warren. Okay. This is The Prey. Uh, How's it different? A, a slasher film of sorts. Yeah. This is okay. another movie that's got kind of like it batshit crazy label. It's out there. People seem to be into it kind of, but they're not because this movie's very bad. It, but it's mm-hmm. kind of amazingly bad. I've like not seen, this is like room kind of territory of incompetence, like The Room. Um, Not Room, The Room. Where you're mm-hmm. like, what is going on? This is not how you edit a movie. Like you're showing every single element of what a person is doing in a yeah. space. And you're like, no, you cut around that. You don't need to show it. And it's like the two people split up. And now we have to show what they're both doing in their respective places. But you're like, well, they, you can't show that. Like it breaks the time barrier because mm-hmm. you can't you can't be showing the person in the background doing something that you've already shown for like 30 seconds and then show someone else what they were doing 30 seconds prior with no explanation. It's like, you can't do that. You, you, you don't need to because people are smart. They have like the ability to like parse out temporal relations really quickly. So it's kind of hilarious how badly edited this is. 
And then, mm-hmm. like, so not only is this movie peppered with, like, all your, like, idiot far- idiot campers and people out in the woods who are going to get picked off one by one by a giant man monster. And mm-hmm. but it's like you're spending all this time, like, introducing people, and it's just the cameras holding on to them while they're conversing, and they talk, and they finish their sentence. And each time, those scenes just go a little too long. Each each scene, just each cut, just a little too long. Leaves a little bit too much there. And, and then I watched the... American cut of this and there's an international cut that's 20 minutes longer somehow and then there's a fan cut that's even longer and you go why why would you want this to be even longer (laughs) why not it's baffling to me um this movie has just like scenes where like when someone's being killed the camera just kind of lingers on them and there's no sound it's just them making struggling sounds as they're strangled very boringly Mm. Um, people how boring oh we're just like oh that's happening there's no drama you're just like yep that that actor is being fake strangled right now in their bikini yeah was it a good bikini at least yeah it's fine okay it's an eight um and then it has a pretty cool ending gotta say the ending is like kind of ridiculously like oh oh Mm -hmm. man but boy the journey to get there my goodness. This movie's like yeah. only an hour and 20 minutes, but time itself and like it just slows to a like it's just a snail's pace and then the movie just washes over you with all these like shots of insects and like bushes and there's one scene in particular where you see an owl hooting and then it flies off, but then the camera holds on this branch as it kind of bounces back and forth from the owl launching off of it. And that wasn't enough for the filmmaker. No, let's loop it. Let's loop it back and forth. Go so it was back and forth. You can you can see that it's like being reversed and then put back and forward because they wanted to get a little bit more of it. So it's it's completely intentional. They think this is good shit. This is good shit. This is what people want. They want branches. I paid, I paid money for this, RJ. It's you paid money for it, all it, of it these, is, though. It, not all of them. This is in my collection. I have this. Okay. This is, this is this is on me. This is on me. Yeah. And I, I, it's fine. You know, it's fine. It's fine. Is it, though? It's fine. It's fine, RJ. I, I, I don't regret anything. Oh, okay. I, you don't regret anything I, yeah, in this life, right? Um, I watched yeah. a short film called Cerulea. Um, <laughs> okay. A.K.A. Hey, Guillermo. Give me a job. This is all this felt like. So this yeah. is made by this woman named Sophia something or other. She apparently did some intertitle work on that uh, all-female horror anthology XX that I think oh, everyone yeah. pretty well yeah. says is bad. But yeah. uh, So she did these inner things. And I remember like she was interviewed on some podcast wherever. And I saw this pop up on a, a list of Mexican horror things I was looking at. I went, oh, cool. I can watch that. It's on Vimeo. So I did. And it's a stop motion thing. It looks good. Mm-hmm. On a production level level, it, it works. Um, but my God, just like people, you're going to put all this effort into your work. To, like <laughs> Storyboard it. Tight, tighten it up. Make it like. Make your impression, make it work, make something like that people want to invest 13 minutes in. Mm-hmm. It, it can't just be like, yeah, it looks great. It's like, yeah, it does look very good. I mean, that's all maybe it takes. And when Guillermo del Toro watches it and goes, I like what I see, you should direct a feature film. Because that's what he does. He, he gives you work and then you make a bad movie and then you never work again. That's that's the, the theme. of uh, What about um, 
your boy, uh, Andy Muschietti. Muschietti. Well, it worked out well for him. And then he went, yeah. made one of the worst films I've ever seen in theater. So, yippee. Terrific. Yeah. Terrific. Yeah, that's cool. So, yeah, that was completely skippable. But it's stop motion, which is neat. But it's not. you yeah. need more than that. Uh, before I hand it back to you, RJ, I got one mm-hmm. movie I want to talk about. Maybe a little bit of length. Are you familiar with Robert Zombie? Oh, I'm aware of Bob Zombinkino. Bobby, Bobby Zombie. Yeah, I've uh, I've participated in a Bob Zombie haunted house, which well, has been talked about at length on this podcast, yes, I believe. Yeah, on the Ghoul Schooling. Um, yep. So he has a new movie that just came out yesterday. Three, mm-hmm. was it? Three, three from hell. Yeah, the, the the completing the trilogy of the. House of a Thousand Corpses and Devil's Rejects movies. Correct. I haven't seen that yet, but I hadn't seen his previous film, his Kickstarter film, 31. Is this the one that he brought up as, wasn't this a joke challenge where he's like, <laughs> I, he's like, I, I'm not even kidding. I'm wasn't someone just like 31 days. It was like that. And someone in was warehouse. like, give me an idea. And someone was murder like, why don't you make a movie about murder clowns? He's like, fuck, I'll do it. Sure. And, and he sure did, RJ. This is his murder clowns film. Great. <laughs> fuck me. This is like, oh, it's a parody of his own movies. Like That's the only way. Intentionally? Can... I don't know. I don't think he has that type of self-awareness. He actually okay. strikes me as a very like self-serious man. The yeah. kind of guy who like calls the cops about kids skateboarding behind his place. Uh, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough with this guy, this Rob Zombie. This sure. movie, he, he again, it's a Kickstarter film, so you're going to get what you sign up for. His wife, Sherry Moon Zombie, she's in it. She's horrible. Uh-huh. This is like a return to her. Like, it's like she's regressed as an actor. Right. Um, so she like... She's the main, one of the main characters. It's about five, six, seven carnies. They're all in a van and they're driving to oh, the ne- they're driving to the next show. Show you know, going put on a good show. Everybody talks like cockle fuckle do and like this and this like ridiculous Rob Zombie dialogue and dialect where everyone talks about balls and oh man, it's don't sweat off my balls and it's like oh suck your dick. <laughs> it's like that's that's what they all talk like Rob Zombie oh, dialogue. So I know. what happens is they wind up getting waylaid by murder clowns who just sure. like kill two of them and like they 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 black bag them and drag them off to this like undisclosed location in this massive complex warehouse where they're forced to survive a running man style gauntlet of cool. like, like murder clowns that all have names like death head, sex head, love head. All, all the, all these great ideas. To what but, end? But they're lorded over by um, Malcolm McDowell and like these uh, other like fine rich people who are all wearing like aristocratic like powdered wigs in this like opulent <laughs> room. They're they're somehow watching the events even though there's no TV or any way of them to know what's going on. And they're betting sure. they're betting on the results because that's what rich people do, man. They don't care about us, right? <laughs> and so like you're watching these these fucking people. Who are like not particularly likable with side because it's also it's a period piece, 1976. Of course, and it takes place on Halloween. Of course, they have 24 hours to survive, and if they do, they can leave with their lives. And so they run the gauntlet, and people like oh yeah, there's a a Nazi midget 
who talks in Spanish with daggers. Okay. He's so he's he's the first kind of villain, and then they fight. Then they meet like the one guy who like I thought was honestly Bill Mosley because he sounds just like Bill Mosley's Rob Zombie characters, <sighs> but but it's not. It's like a guy who's just like him, yeah. and it's like these two brother clowns, and they're just like the most Rob Zombie like caricatures imaginable it's like so fucking stupid it's so bad and they're just like they got chainsaws and guess what rj we get it we get like a almost almost a chainsaw duel we get battling with chainsaws mm. and i go oh it's just like mandy but everyone loves mandy and no, no one likes 31 what's the deal with that we have it, it's just like everything you need to know and then like of course like because they're like so they're hillbillies and then the next level where you get like the man and the woman they're european the one guy's really really tall and then you get the short woman who's like harley quinn and they've got they're going to fight them and they're talking in german because german and like foreign languages are scary they're, aren't they so so slowly the numbers are dwindling and they're getting right. picked off but they're doing okay they're doing better than they should be so they call in the big gun i think he's named like deathhead who i believe is i can't remember the name of the actor but he is in the new one, he's kind of like replaced Sid Haig. He's Is like that Richard Brake guy. Yeah, I think so. So he's like bringing like he's the new guy for in the Rob Zombie verse. Everyone's like, yeah, he's pretty cool. I mean, these people are also probably like juggalos. I think I yeah, incels. I think I saw some refer to like movies for autistic juggalos. <laughs> wow, is that like, one of your lists? No, that's not one of my oh, okay. lists. That was a reference to Three from Hell, which it seems like is once again like a Rob Zombie movie, divisive. Mm. Um, so this movie, yeah, and then suddenly it's like him and he's like the real badass murder clown. And then okay. you, you get speeches about clowns. <laughs> you know, clowns weren't always scary. And I want to like by like so i watched about an hour of this at, on a desktop uh, on my lunch break and i was like this sucks like i am like i am so annoyed by this and then i watched the last half hour at home on my like 40s whatever 55 inch tv and i liked it a lot more that way so yeah. i don't know but the end of this movie sucks like i just was like fuck off you are such a lazy hack like god damn yeah. you zombie like this is like <laughs> it's so lazy it doesn't even make sense it, like it's like it makes you ask questions I'm like no it doesn't it's just stupid like it's a cop-out mm -hmm. it's such bullshit it's like is because they don't really like tell me what happens i don't care well it doesn't matter it's like so what happens is so the, the, sherry moon survives and it's like, well, no one's ever survived. And they're like, oh, well, uh, we'll figure it out. Like, because it's like, well, yeah, now, now <laughs> you now you have this woman who, like, knows about your murder's warehouse in the middle of the desert, and she's escaped. And then that's like, oh, then, but now you have, like, this, like, oh, yeah, this movie's pump full of uh, another zombie thing, which is, like, 70s rock music, which is mm -hmm. cool. I like, like, it sounds mm -hmm. cool. I get why he's into it, but it's like eye rolling and he does like the same like kind of weird like like freeze frame and then he rolls the film up to like a polaroid of them in a happier point in their life and then it rolls over to them dead in a freeze frame and then it rolls back to the Terrific. action it's it's like he's been doing this shit forever it's the same crap yeah. this so the movie ends with her walking down the desert really slowly with like death death head walking behind her and he's like oh god i gotta let her live but then he comes back to finish the job and then you don't even get to see that you're just like oh I guess the contingency plan was just to fucking kill her. Cause it's like, mm -hmm. cause we don't care. We don't give a shit. Cause we're fucked in the head, man. Cause murder, they're nihilists. Murder clowns, nihilists. So yeah, 31, <laughs> like, Oh, so frustrating. 
I um, but at I'm least not going to watch least, this movie. I know, but at least I had a reaction yeah. to it. Like, yeah, so some yeah, of the movies true. I've watched, it's like Hellmaster. I was like, what am I watching? 31, mm-hmm. I know exactly what I'm watching. And you loved every minute of it, eh? Yeah, no, it's, uh, I mean, I think he really topped out with Devil's Rejects. That's probably, uh, hey, no. is that movie good? Devil's Rejects? Oh, you'll hate it too, I'm sure. But, uh, it's yeah. funny. It's like, it's got, it's stupid, but it has, like, Sid Haig is awesome. Like, he's like, yeah. got, he's got some good lines. Like, I imagine you would probably get the most enjoyment out of Devil's Sid Rejects. Because yeah. House of a Thousand Corpses sucks. I think that movie's absolutely crappy. And that's probably, okay. but Hot so, I feel like 31 has way too much House of a Thousand Corpses moments in it. Like, it feels that same way, but not quite. Devil's Rejects is actually, I think, like, it's probably his best movie. He just needs a better screenwriter because he stinks. Uh, Halloween, I've talked about. I am, like, one of the few people in the world that actually thinks Halloween's pretty good, other than, like, Mm -hmm. when it turns into a slasher. Uh, and Halloween two is trash. Mm -hmm. It's other than, well, actually the first 20 minutes of Halloween two are awesome. They're so awesome. And then it turns into, until it turns to man of steel and, and twin peaks fire walk with me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Not, not great. That art house trash. Well, I've seen like, I've seen bits of house of a thousand corpses like years and years ago when everyone was watching it. Yeah, I've seen bits of it, but I never watched Devil's Rejects. And like, I have a I have a friend in real life who wants to watch Three from Hell in the next week or two with me. And uh, I haven't a seen friend. the other two. Do you think that matters? You should definitely probably watch the first two before you watch Three from Hell. Uh, but Jared, I, I got them. I, I can. I know well, they're right there. I'm looking at them right now. Okay, well, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see how that... You'll hear in the next oh, school school here, here, if it ever a, happens. Here's, here's a gripe. Um, so okay. this movie came out, this Three from Hell. There's a 4K version. It is nowhere in the city. It's not on Amazon. You can't get it. Yeah. It's, it's, it's fucking annoying because I'm like, I got what a 4K. What do you do? Well, I mean, I could buy the Blu-ray and settle for okay. that. I mean, it won't probably make a difference. This movie probably would not... I don't know how good it would actually look in 4K. But uh, yeah, it's just stupid because I'm like, well, I'd buy it if I could buy it but it's not there. I'm being, I'm being cheated here. Well, I mean, maybe it's, maybe the world is doing you a favor. <sighs> probably, here. probably. Cause, uh, yeah, I think I'm, I'm pretty well, I'm like, like Stephen King. I think I'm, I'm good with the, the, the Bob zombie. You're good with old Bob, Bobbert zombie. Well, That's maybe, fine. Maybe this will be the last one. This will be the last ride. Hmm. I would have, I would have watched his blob movie his blob remake if that ever happened that would have been cool do you think he, i don't know if he's gonna what's this fucking blob shit man it's fucking eating us alive man fuck if i know man see like... you ever crack open a cold one man <laughs> that kind of stuff uh yeah yeah well so what have you watched jared you ever heard a race with the devil i have once Another one of those aforementioned must-see films. Exploitationers. Yeah, so when you asked for this one, I had to retrieve it from my out pile. Oh, because it was out the door? Yeah. I I watched this once. I get it. Because I had such high hopes for this movie. It sounds awesome. RVs, people on the run, like... Like in the in the wide open in the daylight, RJ, mm-hmm. uh, being chased oh, down by horror, hey? be, being chased down by Satanists. It's like that sounds really cool, but as uh, I will talk about later, I think Satanist movies are actually not very good. Okay, here's the thing: 
so I agree with you, and I'll, I'll talk about it. So last week when Justin Peterson asked uh, what our, some of our favorite horror subgenres were, I think I'm going to say that other than Haunted Houses for you, I think Satanist movies are one of your other favorites. It should be. Should be. I don't know because it's all this stuff, week, though. Yeah, it's all the stuff that you really like. And one of the things that uh, I just got a notice for that my Blu-ray, that's right. I bought a movie, Jared, a Blu-ray, which I don't do very often. A Blu-ray is going to ship in about a week for uh, that hot new uh, Blu-ray edition of The Devil Rides Out, which oh, is yeah. top See, quality. That, that's different. That is, that, that, that's different. That's different. But I, I'm just saying Satanists and cultists yeah, is something that you cults. and me both I, really yeah. like the idea of, yes. but the execution doesn't always land. It's, it's wildly uh, varying. Yeah, and which is with Race of the Devil, which sounds amazing. And yeah. I can see why you would have been drawn to this. I mean, Warren Oates, Peter yeah. Fonda. Yeah. So this movie, for people not in the know, uh, we have RV uh, campers, Warren Oates, Peter Fonda, and their two wives. They go out to the country. They're going to have the vacation of their lives, baby. They set up their RV. The two guys are outside having a cigar and their uh, big fucking coats. They're coats that are so awesome. Uh, they're having a little bourbon or like a whiskey and they see this big tree get set on fire or this like big fire mm-hmm. like a couple hundred meters away. And they're like, oh, that's weird. Let's go see what's going on. <laughs> Let's check it out. They get their binoculars out. <laughs> Let's go check that out. Uh, and they are witness to a satanic uh, sacrifice. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's naked people. A woman gets stabbed and killed. Yep. They're like, oh, shit. They're like, we better get the fuck Satan's. out of here. Satan's. Uh, at the very minute, uh, one of Peter, I think it's Peter Fonda, one of, one of the wives, turns on the lights to the RV and is like, you guys out there still, get on up in here. It's like, <laughs> come to bed. And all the Satanists are like, huh? So they see that the RV is there and they're mm-hmm. like, the guys are like, Warren Oates is like, holy fuck, we got to get out of here. So they hop in the RV and you do get like a pretty good chase scene at first. Mm-hmm. They're driving around. They get stuck in some water. Satanists are just fucking popping out of everywhere, like <laughs> clinging to the side <laughs> of the RV, like the fucking gremlin from uh, the bus episode of Treehouse of Horror. Also, I know that. Also Twilight Zone. <laughs> I know Twilight Zone. I like the bus version better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they're clinging to it. And then uh, – but then – the movie doesn't make good on the race with the devil because I was like, oh, maybe there's going to maybe there's going to be a hot pursuit movie or something. But with horror Satanists in it. But then they go to the sleepy town and uh, it's just a bunch of like old sheriffs. that are like, maybe you saw Satanists. Did you say a bunch of old sheriffs? Yes. So it's like a t- <laughs> it's like everyone in town is like the old an old sheriff. And they're like, oh, yeah, no, I don't know about that. And you're like, well, here's another one. Let's ask him. Wow, geez. Ah, that sounds pretty far fetched. What, what, what do you guys been smoking? And then you go to the next yep. sheriff. Is that, is that not what plays out? Why basically? is it? Where's that movie? Well, we haven't made it yet. Yeah. So they go to this old town of sheriffs, these old sheriffs. And all of them are basically just like, well, maybe you did, maybe you didn't. You know, maybe it's best to let things move on. And they're like, okay, that's weird. Ship out, boys. So they they try to leave, and then things start happening to them where it's like, mm, things aren't looking your, up for you. Uh, and then there's the rest of the movie. Like, it's kind of like you said. It, it sounds awesome. There are good parts, but uh, a lot of it, too, is just, 
I don't know. It's kind of clunky. Uh, I don't like, there's a lot of animal stuff in this. Like, so there's some dog stuff, which I never like. There's a snake in there and I don't really care about snakes, but they're for real beating the shit out of that snake in this movie too. And you're just like, whoa, <laughs> this thing's uh, lasting a, a fucking eternity. Oh. So uh, that, that, that goes on for a long time. And it's like I said, I don't really like snakes. If I saw a snake, I'd probably try to kick that son of a bitch too, to get it away from me. Mm-hmm. But, point is there you go uh the the end of this movie has some awesome uh stunt work with the vehicles i said that at the start of this podcast Mm -hmm. but it's true here too it's got some nice start stunt work with like cars and fucking tractors ramming into this rv but the biggest thing about this is it's just kind of disappointing because you get through it and then you're kind of like oh i guess that's it yep and it's a bummer (laughs) that movie's a kind of a bummer you know what movie is like similar but for, for different reasons is The Prowler oh. by Joseph Cito. Or do you have anything to say about no, Race with no, the Devil? No, I, I got my thoughts on Race with the Devil. Yeah. Uh, it, it it disappointed me. I'd probably rewatch it to see if I have a different thought, but it seems mm-hmm. like uh, it's a consistent response. Yeah. Yep. So after that, I watched this movie called The Prowler, mm-hmm. Jared. Yep. Uh, from one of the director of one of my favorite Friday the 13th, yep. the final chapter, jo- Joe Zito. Joe Zito. And uh, the biggest thing that you 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 Google this movie and what's yep. going to pop up first thing, Tom Savini. Tom Savini effects. Tom Savini effects. Holy shit. That's about it. <laughs> so The Prowler is this movie where it starts off in like the 50s. Yep. Uh, and you have this guy in like old army or like, well, not yet. So you have this guy going around pitchforking people, killing people. (laughs) And it's like, not even really a big deal. He kills like one person and it's like, all right. And then it jumps to the eighties and you're like, that's a weird, like, why did they even have that? So the prowler is this dude though, who wears old army fatigues, gas masky thing, gas mask. He looks pretty cool. Yeah. To be honest. You man, what a disappointment. What? Uh, the movie. He, this movie. Yeah. Ugh. So he, here's the thing about The Prowler. The Prowler has amazing effects. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Everything Tom Savini does in this movie is so cool. I love all of the death scenes. Like, obviously, up front, they look awesome. They all look great. But I actually just really like the execution of a lot of those scenes. That's not a pun intended. Mm-hmm. But, like, the way that some of the kills are shown. Like, there's one where it's like a stab either through the top of the head or through the bottom of the head and you see it come out the other way. But the guy, they just hold it there because the guy is still alive for a while, but he can't talk because he's got like this thing through him and they just, they just let it play out. And I actually thought that was like, I was like, they never like just linger on these shots. That's wicked. Mm -hmm. Um, So I thought that was awesome. You get some head explosions. Uh, I liked the, like the morbid, grotesque nature of like the shower deaths and how he just kills the people in the shower and then just leaves them in there. And then a character like sees them an hour later and is like, Oh shit. And then the night goes on and it's the next fucking day and they come back and open up the shower and the bodies are still in there just getting like showered on because in my mind I was like, they don't show it enough uh, because it's like, it would have probably been really hard, but it's like, could you imagine how wrinkly and like warped out those fucking bodies would have been mm-hmm. if they were just like showered on for 12 hours after they were all cut up and stuff. That's what I was thinking about. I don't know about you guys. Uh, but yeah, the prowler is super mixed bag because at 89 minutes, it feels so, too long. Yeah. There's like the, the, the actual, um, stalking slash, like the actual it's build up is much. so drawn out. Yeah. 
it's drawn out. There's there's not enough payoff to it. Like the deaths are awesome, but like the actual stock and slash, like you said, yeah. it'll be scenes of like just people walking around for like ten minutes. Doing and you're things, like, and you're like waiting, and you're waiting. You're just waiting it? and Is waiting. Is this going to be the time? No. Yeah. So it's 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 a real bummer because the effects are so good that it's it stinks that the rest of the movie doesn't make good on that. Yeah. yeah. Totes. The Prowler. What uh? Do you want to hear about some other movies, or what do you want to do here? I got. I'll, I'll let me mention this one here. Okay. So, blind buys. So I have the. There's the redemption films line. I'm sure, sure you've, you've noted the spines of those. They look really cool. I own every single one of them, all 57, I think. And uh, in buying those, there I, I took a shortcut. There's these films by this guy named Pete Walker making these British horror films. I'd only ever seen one of them called Frightmare. And uh, my watching of that several years ago was not a positive one. I was like, this is just fucking boring. But mm-hmm. I see that like there's a few of these other movies that get brought up as like maybe good like slashers. Sure. Like The Confessional, I think, or House of Sin or something like that. Um, so I was like, well, whatever. I'm a completionist. I'm going to buy all these things up. So I have two mm-hmm. goddamn Pete Walker box sets. <laughs> With eight of his films, and with flesh and blood, the flesh and blood show, I'm mm-hmm. over three <laughs> for his movies. They are like the worst kind of boring British filmmaking. Mm-hmm. Oh, just I don't even want to talk about it. I just like I hope because I've got five more of these that I eventually will watch. I guess, and I hope they get better. I like House yeah. of Whipcord's got a pretty cool poster. Maybe that one will like. He he's figured out how to like make a, an exciting movie instead of just like, oh, it's a bunch of actors who are in a theater and people are being killed, but they all think it's fake. I, I hate I hate that idea so bad. It's so sh- like boring. It's like every time I see that in a movie, yeah, it's always like, yeah, this sucks. Like I don't yep. care. Like whatever. I know I'm watching a goddamn movie. It's not real. <laughs> like yeah, it's like we know that. That's. Do it. Bring Tom Savini in to do something. Quit doing stories about like backstage and murder. It's like, Mm -hmm. I don't want this in my life. So anyway, yeah, that stunk. But RJ, uh, I watched, speaking of YouTube scores (gasps) and and digital scores, after watching Joker and uh, kind of thinking about about clowns, Mm -hmm. I was like, I wonder what kind of clown horror movies there are. And, oh, good. You know, there's clown, there's horror clowns, and I was looking them yeah. up. But there's this one that, like, I had not been familiar with, and uh, they're called uh, Camp Blood. And these are okay. 1999, 2000, 2004, like, shot on video, like, clown slasher movies in the woods. And that is exactly what you get. Like, is, the, is it good? No, but very watchable. I, I got, okay. I got what I wanted out of them. They're like, they're all three of the ones I watched. They, they got worse as I was going yeah. on from Camp Blood, Camp Blood 2 to uh, this movie called Within the Woods, which is considered Camp Blood 3, all directed by this guy named Brad C. Sykes, who yeah. is a name that I was like, that seems like a really f- familiar name. Like, I see that name all the time on Facebook. So this guy, he's just like on like Facebook horror DVD trading pages who are okay. people selling memorabilia. He's just a guy like us. He's just making, he, he made like a, us. He, he makes movie, but he makes movies. He makes these like 
no okay. no budget Sean on video movies. He's still mm-hmm. making stuff. Um, he's a guy. He just makes stuff, making movies. Yeah. Very basic. Nothing. Yeah. No great shakes, but they're still kind of watchable to me. Um, mm-hmm. but like, your your mileage will vary. But like, so I can't blood nineteen ninety nine. I found on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I watched it. It's just check those boxes. Camp Blood 2 is a direct sequel, mm-hmm. which like pads out its time. It's something that we've been discussing lately, uh, a la Truffaut, I'll say, with a lot okay. of flashbacks of what happened in the previous movie that you probably just watched. Gotcha. And then Within the Woods, uh, it just kind of starts off, but it's like because it's 2004, they're picking up on this idea. Like It's like a hotshot producer who's going to make a reality TV show of people at Camp Blood where all these murders happened, but now there's like a new clown in overalls, coveralls, killing people. A new clown in overall and, and coveralls. They're, they're all wearing clown masks. They're all wearing r- bad rubber clown masks and just killing people. Yep. Mm-hmm. It, and there's eight of these things. Uh, there, there's only these three directed by Brad Seeks, and then there's more of them. I don't know. There's even one called It's Alive. You know, It. Uh, that's like real. That was a cash in. There's Camp Blood six six six. I mean, I'd, I'm all over these rather than say watching another Ginger Dead Man or a uh, Evil Bong film. Um, I, I'm, I'm. Yeah, but I don't think you're giving Charles Band his rightful due. No, I think. Look I at am. all the good stuff he well, did for everyone. Well, look what that. People can check out that episode of Ghoul School Presents Full mm-hmm. Moon Entertainment. So yeah, these uh, are not good, but. They're perfect YouTube viewing. I mean, it sounds like a fun experience. How many of them did you say? Well, there's eight of them. I'm three in. Only these first three are on okay. the YouTubes, though. But uh, Brad Seeks, he's just a guy. You can check out his uh, filmography. Mm-hmm. Cool dude, cool dude. I attempted to... I, I started watching Vulgar, which is a, a View Askew production, Kevin Smith's production company. Um, this mm-hmm. movie stars Dante. Uh, he is a children's clown performer type. And this is a movie that, like, it's got this really cool movie poster that I, I've always, like, stuck out in my mind. In fact, I might have even accidentally lifted from it at one point in my art life. And um, I was, like, always, like, I never watched that movie. But because I remember the idea of spending $20 blind on this movie when I was in high school it was like seemed like a really bad idea when I could buy a Criterion, so I never did watch it. And then I found mm-hmm. out it's on Amazon Prime, so I started watching it. And then I went, "This isn't a horror movie." And then like <laughs> I know that it turns into like this stupid rape revenge movie where Dante mm. gets raped by men, and then he has to get revenge. I'm like, "He does what? Sorry, he he gets raped by men. Okay, and then he gets yeah, revenge. that's not good. And then I'm like, "Nah, I'm good. I don't need to watch a a, a second rate Kevin Smith production." that has Steve Dave in it and written by his buddy and nope don't need it but I found out that that movie was shot by a cinematographer who went on to uh, shoot probably TV but shot the Deadwood movie that just also came out on Blu-ray just by chance yep Uh, and then I watched Stitches another clown film Uh, this was also on Amazon Prime this is an Irish movie uh, about a children's clown who is accidentally killed by some kids at a party, and then it jumps ahead and it turns into a really awful, shitty, like teen comedy almost with like teenage kids. 
But then it's like all building to them having a big party when Stitches the Clown comes back to life and starts murdering them. And then you get clown-themed supernatural deaths, like uh, like a balloon pump getting cooked up to one of the kids, and then their heads expand, which is actually like really good looking because the kid's like, "What's happening?" It sounds and it, cool. And it's a yeah. ridiculous like thing, but it's awful. Like this was a like I couldn't stand this thing. Kids like intestines getting ripped out of them and then being twisted around like a balloon dog. It's like a poodle. A balloon dog? Yeah, you know balloon poodle? You know that old it, trick? The clowns well, when you, do? When, when you, yeah, I, I know what you mean, yeah. but like when you said that, I was like, balloon dog? That balloon sounds dog. so nice. Aww. Like, Do you know what I mean? A little balloon dog? A little balloon dog. You ever seen a balloon dog, Jer? Uh, no. Okay. Can't say as I has. Okay. So yeah, that was my dalliance with clowning. Um, most of the other clown movies I've seen, but I have not seen... F- like in the last 10 years, like Killer Clowns from Outer Space, which mm-hmm. is not very good. And I'm pretty sure it's I not? Will, I don't think it is. It looks oh, cool, but I think it sucks. And mm-hmm. uh, the other one is The Fun House, directed by Tobey Hooper. And mm-hmm. uh, I haven't seen that for a while, but I remember the, it's got some like effective moments, but it's also kind of a drag. But when you see the the, the monstery thing, it's really cool. Yeah. It's really Nothing- well done. Yeah, nothing about a Toby Hooper's clown movie sounds interesting. Oh, you haven't seen, you haven't seen the Fun House? No, well, I got, mean... You got you to complete the filmography if you want to have a, a real opinion. on A Toby real Hooptober? I don't know, dude. Like, <laughs> I, I know I know everyone else is really hot on Toby Hooper, and I know you have you have your pockets where you like mm-hmm. Toby Hooper. Yeah. But I just, I wasn't into him, you know? I get it. It's like it, I could watch them, but if I watch them and then I just hate it, do you really want to hear me talk about movies I don't like for 20 minutes? Uh, well, I'll call it Ghoul School or the Criterion <laughs> Cruise podcast. I don't know. And then I'll tell you more about movies that I don't yeah. like? No. Okay. Hey, do you want to hear about more movies I don't like? Yes. I'm just kidding. Uh, should I talk for a while, though? Yep. Go for it. What should we do here? I have five movies left okay. but i also have i can talk about those tv shows if you're interested you can even save those for next week for criterion creep proper yeah. which one the movies or the shows the shows okay okay so uh you want me to tell you about a movie that uh have you ever heard of what have they done to your daughters Jarrett? yes yeah and uh how have you heard of this movie uh by buying it blind oh okay was this was this last Creeptober that you watched? Yes, this? it yeah, was. It, it was a blind buy, and you were just like, "Holy fuck, that this was good!" Right? Awesome. <laughs> like, it's, this is so good. Okay, so uh, it's, it's everything here's... I want in a giallo, like sleaze bay Italian movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this thing screams Jared all over it uh, <laughs> by Massimo Davamano. Uh I threw this thing on, and. Um, I remember last year you you were just like you're like I didn't know what this was and it was awesome. Uh, I threw this thing on and I was like oh, I'm gonna see if Jarrett's like on the level with this thing. Mm-hmm. And, and then in the first little while you get the, that like hanging teenage body from the the things and it's very clearly like a fake person. <laughs> yes, but it still looks yeah it looks really good. Yes, like and I think it's it's it. it kind of dips into that uncanny valley stuff where it actually like it's the the right kind of uncanny mm-hmm. where it's like it kind of looks real and it makes it look it's like more effective because of how it looks real but also not real because mm-hmm. it looks like a dead person because it's, it's it's shot so well and yeah. it kind of like obscures mm-hmm. the fact that it's like that is a fake ass hung person 
That is a fake ass hung person. Uh, what's to say about what have they done to your daughters? This is through and through a Jarrett pick. It is sleaze. Uh, it is sex rings. It is like things that you watch that make you uncomfortable. And then you're like, I don't know what to think about that. That's what I was thinking a lot when I watched this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought this movie was very good. I liked it quite a bit. Uh, it is a extremely well-made movie. Like everything about it is put together, I think, really good. Like all those other Giallos we were talking about today that are, it's just like, eh. Oh, eh. Uh, it doesn't have any of that stuff. I do say that I get a little, I mean, obviously the intent is this. I do get a little bit grossed out by... Um, like the main story in this, but like, that's what they're going for. Right. It's Mm -hmm. like, yeah, guess what? This is a real world where teenagers get prostituted out into sex rings. It's like, this happens. And it's like, yeah, I guess you're right, man. I guess you're right. And then you have this person on a motorcycle with a helmet (laughs) who's just butchering people. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that's kind of like a staple in Creepsville too. We have guys like that, that just kind of rove on their own and go around and, uh, I don't know. I don't want to say like too much about it because like as you kind of go through the story, I think it's it's a fun ride. But this is it's definitely for where Giallo's go. I think it is one of the better ones that I've seen recently. Uh, It's a very well made movie. Uh, It's it's super uncomfortable content. And that music. uh, Yeah, the music is great. Um, it's uncomfortable, like uncomfortable content, but it's supposed to be, uh, yeah. And then there's also this motorcycle killer running around with this huge blade and like that dude is pretty cool too. So, uh, it was a pretty good show, Jer. But, but, but what about that shot? And I commented this in my original review and probably back <laughs> last year, like where there's like the body that's getting moved off of like the gurney and it's like the naked oh, bottom yeah. of the man. It's just like, it's just there's this hanging dick okay. where just have him have a half body it's just like what the fuck so that and then so that's the other thing is like the um the way that they like i i feel like i'm saying this a lot tonight but the way that they present the dead bodies in this is so blunt and like in your face it feels very real like the the body that's hanging uh like even though it's a fake body, you're like, whoa, that's kind of like that. It seems it, it gives off this strange vibe. And then when you have that dismembered man kind of slabbed out on the table, yeah. like it is it's one of those things where it's like other movies try to do stuff like this, and it's whatever. And it's whatever. But this one, it's just like these guys slapping this body around. And then you have that woman in there. She's like, show me what happened. And they're like, OK, they're like, if you want to, <laughs> they don't even try to talk her out of it. Here it is. They're, they're like, here you go. And then she's just screaming. And it's like, yeah, that's like probably that's, what was. It's like that scene in Cruising where, like, they just, like, pull out the one tray of, like, the, like, miscellaneous bits. Yeah. You're like. Yeah. You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's got, like, the blunt, uh, the blunt nature of how they show this, um, like, all the bodies and stuff like that. You're just like, whoa. And then I think one of the big things, too, is, like, the cops aren't, like, incompetent in this or anything. They're, like, they're just there kind of doing their yeah. thing. And it's it's believable. You're like, oh, okay. Yeah, they're, they're, like, working at it. They're trying. Yeah. Yeah. So that was good. Another Jarrett pick from last year. Uh, I watched Southbound. Oh, yeah. Horror you- anthology. Which you told me I watched on the exact day that you did last one, year. One, yeah, to the yeah, to the exactly day, one I, year. 
wasn't intentional, but it happened. Uh, <clears throat> so I watched this on Shutter too, and again for convenience because I I watched most of it on my TV, and then some of it I watched on my phone, like when I was doing other stuff. Mm-hmm. I know that sounds bad, but you know, Creeptober, you got to get them in however you can. Um, as far as horror anthologies go, I like the way that this flows so much better than regular horror anthologies because yeah. like the wraps. Yeah, the wraparound, like, connective tissue, I know that that's part of it. And I'll talk about that, like, when we I talk about Creepshow on uh, next week. It's like, I, I realize that there's part of that, and you can do that well, too. But I think that this makes so much more sense where stories lead into other ones. And I can see why where people would have a problem with that, where it'd be like, well, all these just random stories happen one after the other with these same people. And it's like, so what? Like it's a fucking anthology movie with crazy shit happening. Like it doesn't have to, I don't think you have to segment them off to be these different things. I, I really like the way that they flow into each other on this one. Uh, it's got all of the stories, uh, I liked. So I like the one with, uh, the, the opening is good. The cold open because you're like, Whoa, what's going on with the specters here? Uh, I like them from afar better. They look really cool from afar. Uh, and then when you get into the stories, uh, I liked the like the Stepford wife kind of uh, cult story. That was good. The next one with the dude, the hit and run thing yeah. or not quite hit and run. I thought that one was really good. I was like, I like this a lot. I, this is kind of they go to the short hospital, story, right? Yeah, they go yeah, to the okay. abandoned that's, hospital that's the and it's like the people on the phone talking him like through it. Yes, I, I like that one. And then that leads into the the demon bar. Uh, also good. I was like, that's pretty cool. I like where this is going. And then that leads into, um, kind of, uh, I think I'm missing one, but that, that also leads into the one that kind of goes back to the, the first one with the home invasion back at thing. Oh yeah. Yeah. Back at the hotel. There's like a motel, the back at the motel yeah. where they're all yeah. the, cause there's all different doors and mm-hmm. then there's like, cause there's like the girl, there's like the girls, the rock band with the, yep. uh, the 1950s people. Mm-hmm. And yeah. yeah, then there's the one for like like the kid and like the parents or something like that. And there's like it's almost like a home invasion story. So that's yeah, that's the one that like that loops back into the yes. front. So yeah. yeah, the uh the rock band girls, that was what I meant like by the Stepford yes. wives kind of thing. But yeah, the one that it's like the kid, that one too is kind of like a swerve because you feel like when it was starting, I felt like uh they were talking about something i thought they were in on something to happen to the girl and it was like oh so it's gonna be one of those and then it kind of goes a different way and you're like oh that's nice and it, yeah that one's a home invasion one right but it leads back you do that story and then the way it ends that one cuts you back into the uh the original like yeah. intro to it yeah. southbound's good man I mean, it's a for, it's a really well put together anthology temporary like horror yeah b material i guess like this is like really well done like it's like Mm -hmm. one of those like real pleasant surprises for me last year because like you watch these and more often than not it's like ugh. yeah (laughs) and then but this one was like that was very good yeah yeah i agree and like that's what i thought too i was like i was like hey that actually was a good anthology because and it's i think they they do it the right way like i said i like that it flow the stories flow into each other instead of starting and stopping and it's like here here you go here's our movie about hair from uh john carpenter which i i like that one too but you know i know with stacy yeah 
So I got uh, I got a couple more. Do you want to go for a while? And I'll go then for, I'll go for I just... a little bit. I got, okay. okay, I got some vampires things to talk about. Nice. So last week, RJ, you sent me a, f- a photo of a movie. Not a f- it was a photo, but a movie that you're like, hey, someone that we follow on Letterboxd just watch this. And, <laughs> Which uh, was that? I don't remember oh, now. I'm going to find it. I didn't watch that particular one. But it was one of these uh, Gary Whitson films. Oh, okay. Oh, what one was it, though? And then you're like, yeah, you should watch one of these and find it. And I was like, challenge accepted. But then I discovered almost none of these are available. Oh, Halloween oh, okay. Halloween Horrors. That was yeah. the one uh, mm-hmm. from 92. And then we were looking at this guy's uh, filmography, and it's like, what in the hell is this stuff? Because I've seen them before, and I was like, huh. But I finally am like, this is the right time of year to take it upon myself to check out one of these. And I was only mm-hmm. able to find a few. And uh, the one I took the the plunge on was Vampire Brides from 1993. And so, how was that? Um, poor. The, these are okay. these are shot on video, made to order, like not even softcore pornography. It's like, so I found out a little bit more. Some guy named uh, God, what is this dude's name? William Hellfire. Okay. From New Jersey. So he's a New mm-hmm. Jersey uh, trash cinema filmmaker. So he's one of those types. Mm-hmm. Um, he's making a documentary on this company called Wave Productions, W-A-V-E. Um, and this is like Gary Whitson's company. And basically mm-hmm. what they did, um, as will be covered by this inevitable documentary one day, uh, was they did mail order like uh, pseudo like horror porn but these aren't even like pornography it's like bad like bond fake bondage stuff where it's like oh mm-hmm. i'm being strangled by a zombie i'm being <laughs> strangled by a vampire in in, okay. a, in a basement in, <laughs> like in this guy's house and and then what happens Jared? that's it like but it's like i'm oh no i'm being stretched like my arms are tied behind my back and then this guy just like rise around on top of me fully clothed. Uh. Like it's not sexy at all. It's like not in any way appealing. And then you're like, oh, this guy made like apparently 300 of these things. And like you paid him the money and he'd shoot these for you. That's what these, these things are. For these, uh, for these discerning gentlemen, and this one, Vampire Brides, it's, uh, it's that. It's like, it's like, doofus vampire he feels very conflicted about like being a vampire and he just like again grinds on top of these women that he's like supposedly making love with uh these are like and they're like there's never like like, if there's any nudity it's accidental um and then but he has like a monstrous like frankenstein like igor and he's like he walks around stalks about and they're like oh no he's coming and then he, he he grabs them, then he ties them up in the basement. <laughs> and that's all this is over and oh, over good. again. It's it's uh not it's not good. Not good at all. Oh, not good? Nope. Uh okay. I, I will be curious to maybe look at this documentary by William Hellfire. I've mm-hmm. looked at his filmography and yeah, he makes movies um that fit right into this worldview of uh like probably what horror conventions are really like in the States. Where it's just guys like Bill Zabub, um, making making movies yeah. for discerning gentlemen. For who? Sorry, discerning gentlemen. I'll call them. Okay. Yeah, that sounds upsetting yeah. so to say the least. I followed this up with a movie that you watched last year, I believe. <gasps> um, I did called Vampires. 
With a oh, yeah, that sex movie. Yeah, that sex movie. Uh, you watched this. Didn't seem to be a fan of it. Um, yeah, I don't think so. No, you. I think you gave that a big two and a half. And so I was like, Ooh, well, baby. again, I got this in a box set that mm-hmm. Arrow put out. I'm like, well, I mean, I've watched a lot of these vampire lesbian movies from the 70s that were all the craze. And most mm-hmm. of them have not been that great. So, well, well, I don't have high hopes. So I watched this one and I really liked it. I think this movie is actually really... Because of the really, sex? Um, like it, honestly, like I found that the presentation of the sexuality um, oh, was actually was, was was really well done. Like it actually okay. felt like, oh, they, these people have chemistry, even though it's like not like, wow, like I'm watching a couple make out. This is really cool. It's like no, it felt like oh, this actually felt mm-hmm. genuine. Like because like the idea is it opens up with the the two vampire girls. They were like you know, lovers making out. And then some man showed up and shot them dead. And you don't know, there's mm-hmm. no context. You don't really know, like, was he a spurned lover or like, was he like, was this a hate crime in olden times? They don't really say it. So they're dead. Mm-hmm. And then the movie jumps to like these women, they're hanging out on the side of roads, like basically the same road by this castle they live in. And they, they're hitchhikers. They get picked up by men. And then they, these men are gullible and like these ladies are pretty sexy and they get brought back to the castle. They get like boozed up, fed, sexed, and then they get their blood drank and then they're like killed. And then they get dumped, uh, in their car further down the road and the pattern repeats itself. And you wonder how can they get away with this for so long? <laughs> like, wouldn't mm-hmm. eventually the police be like, hey, there's all these guys that are like constantly driving their cars into trees, <laughs> like on this <laughs> same stretch of road. Maybe we should put some signs up, maybe put some better lighting. I don't know. Yeah. So anyway. I, I remember yeah. this movie so, so now. There's, there's those elements. So we're following this one man. Um, he, he seems like he's got like a real like bug up his butt, but it seems like the, the one woman, I think it's Marianne Morris, the, the brunette. Uh, they seem to have like a bit more of an energy and they don't really get into what that is, but it seems like they're not, she's not just like outright just killing him. She's kind of just made Mm -hmm. a slice in his, like in the open part of his arm. And like, so it's like, she's drinking off of it. And these are vampires that don't have like the fangs They're They just lick and drink. Mm -hmm. But, uh, so we have this like kind of whole setup and, it's very slow. They don't like have like the, they basically, they don't have coffins. They sleep in down in the basement. They just sleep like in like on sheets, like on the floor mm-hmm. of this old dungeon or they go to the graveyard. And it's like, there's always like, Oh, we got to get, we have to get back before the sun comes out. But it's like being shot in daylight, almost like early morning. So you're like, the sun's out already. You guys should be burning. They don't touch into that. So it's got, it plays really loose with the mythos. Uh, mm-hmm. There's also this couple that's like decided to like park with their trailer right near the castle because the one girl is painting this castle for whatever okay. reason. And so they're, they're kind of like just party to this all going on while this guy's getting his blood drink. He's like, what's going on? I'm like, I, I, I enjoy this sex and this wine. This is like <laughs> he does the, the, what? the best wine of all time. But like, oh, okay. there's something really weird going on here. What really like mm-hmm. p- put this movie in a different level for me though, was like how really creepy the blood feasts are. So there's like other guys okay. that are also being victimized by these women who are like, they get mm-hmm. this, they get the sex, but then like the blonde, she's a lot more like, she doesn't give a shit. She's just like, yeah, we're, Hey, we're, we're in this together. What, what, are, what are you doing? Keeping this guy around. Mm-hmm. It's like, let's just go eat these people. And so this one guy, 
the brunette comes along. She gets like that smell of blood in the air and she finds Ugh. her way over there. And you see this guy and he's just like fucked up on this bed. And the one, she's like this and they go into a blood frenzy and they're just jumping on top of this guy and just like sucking on him and biting him. And then they're like pulling out daggers and stabbing people to death. And you're like, fuck. And it's like so weird because the frenzy of it is just like, not played in this campy sort of way with sound effects and like kind of like a hammer movie does with their mm-hmm. vampires, which is like, it's got a charm, but it's very phony where this has like a, on like it's handled in this, just the right way where I was like, Fuh. like, mm-hmm. and every time they did it, I'm like, man, like they really feel like, uh, animals. Like they feel like weird, like supernatural creatures. And it's like, yeah, that's a bit more like eerie to me than, uh, right. how you, a lot of these movies handle it. But anyway, Mm-hmm. Um, it, it it's like very again. It's a seventies European movie. Uh, the guy directed it, uh, Jose Ramon Loraz, Spanish guy. He directed mm-hmm. a movie I watched a year or two ago called Symptoms, which I thought was like also like real. Like I thought it was really really good. Vampires is like just right below that. He also directed this movie called yeah. Edge of the Axe that desperately needs to be re released on Blu Ray, which I think is coming really soon because I watched this on VHS and it didn't do anything for me. But it has some mm-hmm. of the most awesome like death scenes they're like so well done like it but it has these like lols but then it goes these has these real highs but lots of mm-hmm. lols and he has this other sweet looking movie called black candles that uh i'd want to check out but uh that, i've seen that too that looks awesome yeah it's got black the, it's, it's got that satanist thing going on yeah so yeah I, I mean like i i really liked vampires i was like kind of like yeah i don't know why rg didn't like this but i'm not surprised because he's not a fan of that sexuality no, I would uh, I would like it to be taken out of everything. Everything? Yeah. Yeah, as you know. Uh, no, I don't really remember what my beef with vampires was. I think I was just... Bored by it, I think. I was just bored yeah, by it, that's, probably. that's kind of why I remember you being not into it, and that's fair. Yeah. Sometimes the movies don't work for you, like the, particularly these types, but fortunately for me, it worked mm-hmm. out just great. Some days it doesn't click, you know? That's very true. That's it. Um, I follow this up with this movie called Spider. It's a <laughs> Russian movie, which I didn't really know. Okay. Uh, it's more of like a fantasy horror. It's about this right. beautiful young woman who becomes the target of the obsessions of this creepy painter with a ponytail who okay. wants her to be his Madonna in uh, his uh, Annunciation Madonna. painting. Yeah. Um, and she's like, no, you're creepy. And then she goes to his studio and is very bohemian and weird mm-hmm. and like dark because he's a dark artist <laughs> with dark visions like a Geiger. Mm-hmm. And then uh, she has visions, though, of him being like a tarantula man. And then and then she leaves and doesn't want to have anything to do with the painting. But then she starts having these really intense dreams. So she's like a 16-year-old girl. Starts having mm-hmm. these really intense, like, adolescence coming into her own womanhood <laughs> dreams of being, like, ravaged by, like, these, like, ridiculous spider like monsters Ugh. and with his face. Um, it's Gross. like, it's a really well, like it's shot. It's a full frame movie, but it's like, I don't know what's up with this Blu-ray um, or like what the, like what the state of the actual film elements are, but I found like the contrast mm-hmm. and stuff like that was really odd. Like there's scenes that are way too dark and way too overblown, but I also think that was intentional for this movie. Like it wanted mm-hmm. to have this uh, Tarkovsky kind of look. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of like, it's cool. I kind of like this idea of the movie, but it's not a movie I'm like, I, there's a reason why no one really talks about this, but I'm really right. glad that Mondo Macabro, who does, who releases movies exactly like this, like kind of off ball, off the wall, um, Euro, like international movies that are kind of horror, but also dramas and 
like mm-hmm. really great looking, but at the same time, they don't have that right vibe. They're no possession is what I'm kind of getting at. I think I follow. Yeah. To a mm-hmm. bit. A little bit, a little bit. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I got, RJ, I've got mm-hmm. two, four, six, eight potential movies to talk about. I definitely, I definitely want to talk about two. Because they are okay, uh, why don't, well, why don't you talk about those two? Okay, I'll skip ahead because uh, yeah. I don't know if I need to talk about The Carpenter starring Wings Hauser, a Canadian <laughs> film uh, where he's like a ghost. <laughs> no, I'll talk it's about it very quickly. Fine. He's a ghost, and okay. uh, there's a woman. It's a, a woman who's kind of gone insane, and her husband's like kind of tolerating it, but now he's also having yeah. an affair, banging one of his students because that's what these creeps do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's kind of gaslighting her a little bit, but they're building. Ooh. So she's had like, she's had an, uh, a mental breakdown. She's kind of like trying to rehabilitate and get back into life. And they're doing um, renovations on a new house that he just bought out in the country, kind of like in a nice little area in the suburbs. Mm. And of course what happens, there's an old story that this like hilarious sheriff comes by to just to tell the main uh, actress. Yeah. There was a crazy carpenter who lived here who killed a bunch of people <laughs> and then he died. And it's like, well, it's probably this wings Hauser ghost slasher. Mm-hmm. Cause there's scenes where he just like uses like band saws and whatnot. And he like, uh, circle saws to like cut off men's arms who just stand there and let their arms get cut off. And then he disposes <laughs> of the body offhand. There's a lot of that. This movie's like, okay. Um, yeah. it, it had a nice vibe to watch it with, but it was, I, I was expecting more, uh, like a, a Wishmaster type of experience. And it was like yeah. a, almost like a straight drama, like a Canadian horror movie, I guess would usually be where it has like <laughs> a seriousness to it. Uh, and it has wings Hauser being weird. There's a really great montage where like, they, they're not playing up to the fact that like, Hey, this guy is, definitely not real but it's like is it a figment of her imagination or is it a ghost and it's a ghost he's a killer ghost who's getting more mm. powerful as the house rebuilds itself it's actually kind of like hellraiser in a lot of ways mm. where he's feeding he's like a parasitic ghost feeding off of um her yearning for love and he's giving it to her and as she, mm-hmm. he as she believes in him more he becomes more real and he's able to build the house back up there's this awesome montage of every time like they're having this conversation he has a different like piece of the house that he's building and working on like a door working mm-hmm. on a birdhouse every time they cut back and forth over the course of like you know dialogue really f- a good little gag rj i I'm, i know about gags uh, i watched creature a creature a william malone movie and Ooh, girl. A, a total alien knockoff. So it's okay. uh, it's in space. Uh, mm-hmm. The only movie we've watched so far that's been in space. So far. Um, this movie's not good at all. <laughs> oh, okay. It's got like a couple pretty cool, like, you know, it's got a head explosion that looks okay, mm-hmm. but the alien stinks. It gets, mm-hmm. it's such a failure at trying to make a xenomorph, but trying not to. And it's so yeah. cheap. And it makes you really appreciate what you get when uh, Stan Winston's on duty making mm-hmm. cool looking monsters. This thing is just like, they shoot it in the dark and they don't want you to see it. We were also watching, um, I was watching this with Corey and Bryant as well, uh, mm-hmm. as well as Carpenter. But this movie, yeah, it's nonsense. It's got Klaus Kinski. He shows up as a West German astronaut who's gone gone a little crazy. And um, it's got a non-ending. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it stinks. This movie stunk. Aliens suck, RJ. Aliens are the only good thing we have going, Jared. The only one. Okay. I, I, I'll get there. I'll get there. Okay. Uh, I watched <laughs> watch this movie called Satan's Baby Doll. Okay. This was presented to me knowingly as a nunsploitation pornography. Okay. I was watching this, RJ, late at mm-hmm. night, down in the mm-hmm. basement. I fell asleep. 
it was like <laughs> I wasn't even like necessarily bored. I was just also very tired. And I right. was like, okay, so this is like a nun thing and there's like bad nuns and there was like mm-hmm. some 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 people devil worshippers got taken care of but maybe it was all made up cool they're all talking in rooms and it all looks the same and i'm like where's the porno it's like oh there's like a, a naked woman just like pleasuring herself sure. writhing around uh belly up i'm like okay yeah and then i then i fall asleep and then i wake up and i'm like oh that's a penis being sucked by that woman <laughs> And then I went back to sleep <laughs> and then I woke up and the movie was over <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck? And then I proceeded to Sounds go- like a Jarrett pick. I started going back. So this poster, you look at the movie poster of this, it's got this like big Satan demon taking this woman and like she's on mounting him. And you're like- Taking how? Taking where? To like the store? To, to sensually, sexually. And oh, you're like, gosh. oh shit, are we going to get like a big ass prosthetic demon like- raping nuns like i want to see what that looks like no 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 nothing like that of the sort um i skimmed through this the next morning be like what did i miss anything you're like nope here's a whole lot of scenes of people talking and you're like oh wait there's a guy in a wheelchair and now she's like giving him a blowjob and then i skim ahead of some more and then i'm like oh wait here's another bit where she's giving some other guy a blowjob and you're like oh here's some like full-on penetration shots and i went yeah i'm good (laughs) yeah this movie is uh whatever i'm like i don't know what i was expecting i'm an idiot i don't know I, I, <laughs> like what did well, i think can i get a sound bite of that <laughs> i'm an idiot <laughs> yeah well i mean that's why we play the game here we, we, it's roulette you know you don't yeah. you don't know what you're you gonna get and you're just like yeah this is a really dry drab you, you never exploitation thing where you're like man i want some demon sex but no yeah i gotta I got watch my anime for that i guess just to see what it looks like. Yeah. I'm curious. It's not like I'm into this. I'm not like, you know, getting anything out of it beyond like visual, like, man, I've never seen that before. And you're like, oh, no, just that, huh? Yeah. Well, it's like I said. So I, I had. Why I, we play the game? I, I had to make up. I had to correct for Satan's Baby Doll. So I watched okay. Satan's Slave, released by Vinegar Syndrome. Ooh. This is where our uh, It's Wednesday, My Dudes post comes from. The image okay. of a man uh, who's been stabbed in the eye. Nice. Uh, this is another Satanist movie. Uh, this movie mm-hmm. is British. It is directed by Norman G. Warren, the man who brought us Prey, uh, who brought us uh, Inseminoid, which is actually not too bad. But mm-hmm. Satan's Slave is uh, a sleepy affair. It is very uninvolving. Uh, <laughs> it's about, I don't know. Okay. There's, like, there's a review someone mentioned. It's like, you know, I was thinking about Stephen Thrower mentioning how like Satanists are just christians who dress in robes and i went yeah they're boring they're, they're boring no matter how you cut it this is just like a bunch of rich people who are like dressing in robes like doing the rosemary's baby gaslight treatment of like oh did you really mm-hmm. see that oh but no we are going to sacrifice you because you're going to either give birth to the antichrist or we just need to sacrifice you because of your blood lineage to blah 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 and it's just michael go is in yeah. this and he just looks like somewhere across between like uncle monty and ian mckellen that's all I could think of. Okay. And it's yeah. like, yeah, I mean, that's what Satanists probably do look like. And he's got like a nephew. And like, you know immediately from the top of the movie that these guys are Satanists. But they keep like trying to swerve you. Like maybe they're not. You're like, no, you've already shown them as being pieces of shit at the beginning of the movie. Why are you trying to trick me now? Mm-hmm. Just, again, blind by regret. It, <laughs> our whole life is regret, Jared. Don't you know that? Okay, RJ, back yes. to you. Uh... I have a couple, but I mean, I could probably save them. I don't have too much to 
you know, I don't know how my watching is going. We're almost there. I've got I got my creep picks I got to hit, uh, but you can do the whatever you got left. I'll just talk about Little Devils real briefly. You ever heard of Little Devils The Birth? No. <laughs> I don't know where this movie came from. I don't know. Oh, it's the director of Rawhead Rex. Oh. Okay. So George Pavlou. <laughs> uh, so there's this movie called Little Devils, colon, The Birth. Uh, it's on YouTube for free. This is a super strange movie. So you start off, you get this like Poindexter science nerd and he's in like this temple and there's these guys that are like boiling like ketchup and barbecue sauce. Like that's what it looks like. There's this like boiling red matter and he's scooping it out in buckets and he goes back to his apartment and uh, he's like taking it upstairs and the landlady, the landlady, uh, she like owns the apartment complex and she's just like, she's like, you're a real piece of shit. You always get like dirt all over the floors and like, uh, what are you doing up there? You always stink. And he's like, oh, and like runs away. Uh, so what happens next is like you see this guy like leaves his apartment and he gets confronted by mobsters and they're just like, you owe us money, kid. You got to pay the money. Oh. Make with the cash. Make with the cash, kid. Oh. And they're, they're like going to cut his fingers off. And his neighbor like kind of like stumbles upon it. And he's like, oh, geez, I didn't uh, see you guys there. And they're like, we going to have a problem guy. And he's like, no, no. He's, he's, I live with in, right next door to this guy. And they're like, well, he owes us money. And he's like, okay, how much? And they're like, 200 bucks. And uh, he's like, all right, I'll pay for it. So he like pays them and then uh, through the course of it, like the, the, the tough guy, the goon, the heavy, uh, like the, the guy who pays for it writes a check and he's like, oh, are you this guy? And he's like, yeah, that's me. He's like, I love your comic book, man. And he pulls the comic book out of his pocket. He's like, will you sign it for me? So you're introduced to this new character who's a comic book artist, Jared, and he's our he is our protagonist for this movie. So he he talks to the guy who's going to get his fingers cut off. He's like, what were you doing up there? And he's like, nothing, nothing. I'll see you later. So you watch you watch science go upstairs and he he takes the sludge out of the buckets and he's making like figurines out of it. Like he's just dripping it and, like into like little gremlin-y things. But he's also kind of like just putting it all over his body and you're like, all right, let's see where this goes. Uh, so then you go back to comic book artist and he has a friend who is a cowboy doctor is the only way I, I can describe it. He's a doctor, but he's this cowboy and the cowboy doctor's like, why don't you come with me? I think you might, uh, learn something good. And he's like, okay. So they go to this band of homeless men, Jared. Mm -hmm. Uh, it's this like hobo community and they're talking to all these homeless men and uh, there's this nice lady there who's really nice and she like helps out. And the comic book guy's like, hey, do you want to like go on a date with me? And she's like, oh, you don't know? Oh. And then the doc cowboy doctor's like, hey. And he's like, what do you mean? And the cowboy doctor's like, I'll show you. He's like, you'll see what uh, what we're talking about. And then it cuts to a strip club. And the girl works at the strip club and she's a stripper. So the joke is that no one would date a stripper kind of. And like that, he asked her out. He and she's like, I got to work tonight. And he's like, where do you work? So they they watch her strip for a while. And then the dude is like really into it. And then he goes home. And then the landlord landlord lady, she really likes him. And she offers herself to him in her underpants, Jarrett, her underpants. 
And he's not into that, so he leaves. But then, so the lady's like pissed off, so she goes and yells at science for a while, and then she goes back. Science animates the slime into gremlin <laughs> monsters, and I guess that's what the little devils are. I don't know what the birth is referring to because none of these things are really birthed. I don't this know what like that the, means. This is like the beginning of a I, series. I guess, or it's the fact that he gives these things life. The only way I could describe this, it's like Gremlins and Puppet Master, kind hmm. of. And it's I, I'm I'm not gonna lie to you, Jared. It's not bad. Okay. Like it's not good or by any means, <laughs> okay. but like it's it was entertaining enough to watch, like for my purposes. Okay. Um. So the Gremlins come to life and then they go start killing people, hmm. and then it's like whatever. So that stuff's not that good. But then there's like. It's really weird. There's two moments in this movie where the gremlins like brutally murder people. Like they, there's a full body burn, which I know you like. Yeah. Uh, and you're just like, whoa, okay. And then another scene is just a full head burn. Just the guy's head is completely on fire for real. And I was like, that's not one you see that often. Like just full, just head burns. So I was like, that's kind of cool. Uh, but Little Devils of the Birth is a... It's a strange movie because of like all these different things that they have stacked against it or into it, but uh, it has some it has some interesting parts. I liked the full head burn; that was cool. No, so, uh, I'm, I'm not familiar with this movie at all. I don't know if uh, <laughs> I don't know if I'm sold on it necessarily, but uh, I'll take it under advisement. It's not like it's like I said; I got enjoyment out of it, but I don't see other like other people listening to this. I don't see anyone else liking this. Okay. Thing. This is this is this is not for other people. But if any of that stuff I just brought up sounds at all at like interesting to you, then you might like Little Devils: The Birth. All right then. Yeah. All right. What do you got? I'm gonna try, I'm gonna wrap us up here. Kate. Okay. So I got two creeps picks out of the way. Okay. All right. So first up, the lift. Oh yeah, yeah. Day lift. Uh, Day lift. From one Dick Moss. Ooh, I see. And I let me say that I think of Dick Moss as a monster of horror. I would agree. He, he sounds like a good dude. He, this lift, people shit on this movie real hard. Mm. They fucking like just think this is just garbage. Like it's a B movie, so bad it's good. Like mm. they, they're all over this thing. It's ridiculous. Right. This movie's like I love this movie. Like I have a soft spot mm. for like this era though of. 1980s European cinema. There's something about the f like the film stock that was being used, the mm -hmm. look of the people, the way these movies are kind of told. It's like they're reprocessing American stuff and like mm -hmm. putting it back out there. I I've been labeling these things as Eurovision on my uh, uh, my letterbox. If people want to take a look at that, what I mean by this uh, particular aesthetic. But these movies have it in spades because I watched The Lift and I watched Dick Moss's Amsterdamed. Which was a oh, Sam Sanchez pick. And yeah. Yeah. Both these movies just like checked all my boxes. The Lift. Nice. It is about a killer elevator. And it's, uh, it does not play like the movie you'd expect. The, it's got some like really well done like builds to the deaths and stuff like that. And tension, like, gen like I was like genuinely like, whoa. This is so much better than I ever expected uh, a killer elevator would be. Because you remind you're like, no, just just don't go on the elevator, and the movie ends. But yeah, no. Is, I, is it kind of like Devil, the M Night Shyamalan movie? I hope not. Okay. So this movie but could they, it be though? Uh, this movie has been uh, remade 
with Naomi Watts, uh, like 10 years later by Dick Moss. Uh, what was it called? The, uh, Down, a.k.a. The Shaft. And apparently okay. that's really bad. But now I don't trust mm. people. I don't trust people when they're talking about Dick Moss because they're, they're dumping on him all the time. I see. And he directed a movie called Saint from like 2010, which is like a Christmas horror movie. And I'm like, well, mm. shit. I'm going to have to check that out later this year. Um, yeah. And then I'm not going to get too much into these movies because you should definitely be checking them out. And then I watch yeah. a- Amsterdam. And mm-hmm. this movie is also awesome. It's a, I mean, these are so... Dutch. Uh, these are du- this is a Dutch giallo. It's about a man in a wetsuit going around the canals of Amsterdam, killing people. Mm-hmm. It's cool. That sounds cool. It's uh yeah. It's, the opening is awesome. Uh, I don't know if the movie ever lives up to like the opening like five ten minutes because they're like pretty like it's something out of a Brian De Palma movie, mm-hmm. and then it turns into kind of like a police procedural, and it has one of the, like. Uh, it's got a pretty amazing chase sequence involving uh, speedboats in the canal system of Amsterdam. It's like, mm-hmm. it's so well done. Uh, yeah, I, I liked like so much about these movies. It's got the same uh, two actors, the, the two leads uh, are the same between The Lift and Amsterdam. And yeah, I am very happy to finally have watched both of these movies. I watched Amsterdam on Shudder. And mm-hmm. I will be ordering that on Blue Underground Blu-ray soon because I got that I got that Lift Blu-ray blind. That was a blind buy, just 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 on Oliver's word, and it paid off. Ooh. So they uh, the Creepers uh, they, they actually made good. They did finally nice. for once. For once they did uh, something. See, what, what, what I really want, I want I want more recommendations, people. Next week okay. in the next two weeks, you got you got like when you listen to this, give us some real picks. Not bullshit. Not, <laughs> not, I'm not fucking watching radio. Why not, Jarrett? Because I'm like, no, no. It's Jarrett. My, it's, my, it's my life we're talking here. Okay. Like Bon Jovi? Um, so, so I got a Giallo. I got a, okay. a Spanish Giallo? Mm-hmm. It's called Corruption of Chris Miller. This is okay. uh, Vinegar Syndrome. Um, this movie involves everybody in this movie, and there's not that many characters. They're horrible pieces of shit. Which is nice. interesting. They're really loathsome people. Everyone's mm-hmm. got a bad idea. Everything is horrible in this movie. Uh, it's not too bad. It kind of like it actually reminds me of the aforementioned Prey. It's about like I don't know. There was this era of like British dudes drifting into your house and you let them stay with you, even <laughs> though you should probably just kick them the fuck out. And mm-hmm. it's like two women living in a house. It's like it's like what what's going on in the seventies? Was this like a thing? All these like really charismatic dudes with uh, like Mick Jagger hair mm-hmm. and like we're told are really sexy. Like they're just putting the moves on everybody. Um, but this movie, RJ, it's got a, it's got a scene. I, I can only refer to as, as featuring Scythe man. Ah, uh, I, I uh, saw Scythe yeah. man. He Scythe, looked pretty so interesting. There's a guy shows up in this movie late in the game. Uh, I call him Scythe man. Mm-hmm. He shows up with like a raincoat, like fucking goggles He's got a, a goddamn scythe, and he just butchers this family, and it's like so awesome. <laughs> it just comes mm-hmm. out of nowhere, and you're like, "What the fuck was that?" Like, do I want more scythe man? And then you, you don't really see scythe man ever again. <laughs> it's a real bummer. But that scythe man mm-hmm. scene's cool. And then the kind of the payoff to this movie is very similar to my favorite scenes in vampires. Uh, it's like this like just long death sequence that's like really well done and like gruesome and like been the right way 
Mm-hmm. And you're like, oh, that was pretty cool. But uh, I, I'm not in love with this movie, but it's not too bad. It's not too bad. I've seen some people like lose I their mind over it. But I think it's like, because I think everybody loves that Scythe Man, the real winner of this month so far. The real Dick, winner. Dick Moss, Dick, Dick Moss and Scythe Man. I think, I mean, I can get down with all of that. My last movie that I'll talk okay. about is Hello, Mary Lou, Prom Night Ooh. 2. So okay. this is a sequel only in name to Prom Night. Uh, this is a Canadian horror film starring mm-hmm. um, Michael Ironside and a bunch mm-hmm. of other people you've never seen before. And this movie just recounts the tale of this, like, I don't know, loose young woman who becomes prom queen. And a, uh, a loose young woman. She's kind of okay. sleeping around. She's proud of it because she's trying to, like, get everyone's, like, attention because she really wants to be the goddamn prom queen. Mm-hmm. And this is like the be- very beginning of the movie. Um, and then her boyfriend does not like this and decides to like throw a like a, a stink bomb, cherry bomb at her as she gets her like crown. Nice. But she starts on fire and we get, oh. a, we get a full body burn and it's awesome. <gasps> and, um, and so that goes down and then we jump ahead and it, it turns into like, oh, it's a high school thing. But then... The, the spirit of Mary Lou, the, the, the full body burn girl, she comes back and she's going to run. Like she, it's like a cross somehow between Carrie and Freddy Krueger. If you're feeling me. I, I think I understand. Yeah. yeah. So, so she's, Carrie she's, Krueger. Yeah. Carrie Krueger. Carrie Krueger's mm-hmm. at it. This movie, like, man, it blew me away. How many like awesome visuals and deaths this movie has. I was, okay. I, this is on Amazon prime. It's only full okay. frame. This is a movie that like Scream Factory needs to put out immediately in like mm-hmm. a proper edition. I'm sure they'd love to, but it's probably tied up in stupid rights. Maybe that like now seemingly dead Vestron collector series will put it out because they, they need to. Because this movie, mm-hmm. like, I think, is a underappreciated horror gem. Like, I, yeah. I, it's got so much cool stuff going on. It has like a death that I was like genuinely shocked by because you're like, oh, this girl's hiding in a locker. What could possibly mm-hmm. happen to her? And then it happens. You're like, Fuck. <laughs> um, I don't know if you know this, but uh, this was a Joe Bob film on a uh, last drive-in last year. So it's although it is not available in Canada oh, of for some reason. Of course not. Why would it be? Because like there's all these movies that are not available under like I don't know what it is. Like it's like I was saying, like with that Phantasm 2 thing. There's a bunch of movies that I feel like I well, not I feel like I see like they tweet it. They're like, This movie's gonna be on Joe Bob, but not only one of the two <laughs> that we're you. watching tonight. Not, not in Canada, not number two. So, this was like the last movie they did on the last season, but we didn't get it in Canada. So, I, I would have loved to have seen what Joe Bob would have had to say about this movie. Yeah, oh, I, I think this is a, a like actually a really pretty decent little horror movie. Oh, huh. yeah, yeah, it sounds cool. Yeah, I would you, like to have check you it seen out. Prom Night One? No, but that's on Amazon Prime too. No, well, yeah, it's got some good uh, disco wing. Mm, I'm yeah. into disco. It's got a lot. It's got a pretty cool. It's got a cool vibe. Some people are not super into that movie, but it's yeah. got enough like nice energy to it. And this movie has zero to do with it, but it's yeah. I mean, mm. it's it's like so far the prom night franchise is shaping up pretty good. I think there's a big nosedive with three and four, but yeah, yeah, I'll that's what, that's what happens. But that's it. Yeah. I think we're. I think I think that's it. I think we're good for now, yeah, and we can fill in people next week, I guess. Well, but, we'll, we'll uh, we, next week we have to watch like Criterion oh. movies. Lame. Lame. What are we watching yeah. next week? Let's take a look. Who no. knows? I know there's. I know there's two of them. Il uh. Posto, Hermano Olmi. 
And I, no, the fiancés, also hermano Olmi. Who knows? They might be nice movies. Yeah, they might be, but you know how we feel about Criterions that we have to watch during Creeptober. I'm aware. Mm-mm-mm. Not well, good. RJ, yes. I have cat vomit to clean up. Here. Oh, good for you. Yeah, so I'm going to go do that. All right. Well, oh. I'll, I guess I'll see you later. Creep it real. Creep it real, buddy. Bye, folks. See you later. Good night.